Welcome to the Funny Style Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Robinson. Today we have... Brian Milligan. Jimmy Moynihan. Ash Cash. How's everybody doing? Good. You guys are good? Yeah, we're good. Jimmy's on his phone figuring out oh, what yeah. he's doing with his life. No, he's, <laughs> uh, you know, setting up a real... <laughs> <laughs> he's doing important comedy stuff. Yeah, that's right. So we're trying to... Uh... Oh, so you're... you're So that's right, because when we talk to Devin... Specifically, he said seven o'clock. He said seven o'clock, <laughs> and it's six thirty. So Jimmy's like a I'm fiend just, over well, his phone. I it? got two. I got two of the three all set, and at seven, I'm just gonna go post, post, post. Oh, so you doing? Can't schedule them, or is that a, like an option? I don't think you can, but you can save it as a draft. Oh, okay. But uh, and then I just wait for the sweet uh, serotonin boost that comes with every <laughs> like. <laughs> so have you been doing it like every day, or how often? Do Not you do every it? day, but. Three or four times a week. Really? Okay. Yeah. So what have you been getting as far as likes goes? Not a lot. Okay. <laughs> well. Like, there was one that I really liked. Mm-hmm. Like, I was, like, all excited about. Mm-hmm. And it got 400 views on Instagram and TikTok, I think. Yeah. Like, it, maybe, a th- maybe a couple thousand mm-hmm. on Instagram. But well, you got to start somewhere. Well, yeah. I, mean, yeah. I look at other... Well, you've had some do, like... That's got to be hard. Because you've had some do, like, 120,000, right? I have one on TikTok that has almost 400,000 views. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, like, just one. And then mm-hmm. I thought, oh, okay, that one's doing good. Now I'm going to be on a roll. Nope, right back to, <laughs> right back to 500, <laughs> maybe 600 views. What? But, how much... Does that convert to, like, you getting followers, though? No, no, none. No. <laughs> See, so here's what I wanted to put Isn't that frustrating? <laughs> well, yeah, but it's just about... Because, like, I, I scroll down on, like, mm-hmm. comics that get a lot of views. Mm-hmm. And I just scroll down to the bottom. Mm-hmm. And for a long time, they had, like, a very little amount of views. Mm-hmm. And then it just kept climbing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. like, what Devin said is just consistency... Yeah. So if I just keep posting and not care about how many views, mm-hmm. I'm just like, I'm just going to, and then also like if someone sees me and then, mm-hmm. oh, let's check out his TikTok, mm-hmm. they're not going to give a shit about how many views. They'll just be like, oh, yeah. I'll look at his videos. But I so. wonder, what I wonder is how, because what I want to do with mine, because I've noticed the same thing where I've seen people get videos with a huge amount of views, but then nobody seems to f- actually follow them. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if putting a call to action at the end of every video, you say that like the YouTube, like every like everybody that I see that's big on YouTube, mm-hmm. at some point during their YouTube video, right. they go subscribe to my YouTube channel. Yeah, you know, and I wonder because TikTok people don't really do that; they just do their thing and it goes yeah. on. And I wonder how because I mean, if you can con- if you can increase your conversion by ten percent, you know, of four hundred thousand people. Oh yeah, ten percent's a big ass number that you can you know start to. But I feel like that's a that's a hard like ten percent is difficult even with a call to action. I think you're yeah. probably looking at more like two percent. Yeah, yeah, because like, like uh, pressing the like button or whatever or watching the whole thing, mm-hmm. that's very little. Yeah. Uh, what's it called effort? Effort. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, doing yeah. something after that. Yeah. Because like the whole thing on Instagram or TikTok is just. Mm-hmm. Uh, doom scrolling videos yeah. so yeah. no one's doing anything else but yeah. you know you never know small mm-hmm. amount might yeah I'm supposed to be for my uh, for my YouTube channel thing the card thing I'm starting I'm just really lazy honestly um, I bought I bought a gimbal mm, I, I was, for yeah. we were talking about that before yeah for my phone so I have that 
and I, I've, honestly, I have everything I need to start. I just need to not be lazy you, and start. You, I mean, all you need is a couple of GoPros, right? And and then yeah. a phone. Well, yeah. So I'm doing the. Honestly, I'm going to do it almost all with the phone. I'm going to do it with the phone and one GoPro because yeah. the vast majority of it. So like, pictures on the outside of me standing by the car, phone. Yeah. Pictures in the car, well, not pictures, but video of me in the car talking, phone. Nah, dude, you should have a stationary GoPro for you on, like, that you can just mount somewhere on the car, like, maybe, like, hooks to the windshield or something like that and just record from there. Well, here's why, though. Uh My phone, I I bought this suction cup thing and the mount for my phone. Uh Uh-huh. And I bought the um, lavalier mic, the wireless lavalier mic that connects directly into the iPhone. Yeah. So if I can mount that on the dash and then put the lav mic on, uh-huh. I get 4K video with okay. quality sound. Super. Eventually. Then what are you going to use the GoPro for? Outside of the car. Oh, so just so like suction cup it to the side of the car. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have a my vision to end every episode will be I'll put the GoPro on the ground and drive okay. over it. Okay. So like the car is like you see the car fly over the camera. Yeah. Um, so that kind of stuff. But my long term. Is I have a, a Lumix like a DSLR camera, mm-hmm. and they they make a big ass mount DSL, yeah, <laughs> or <what's, laughs> that will mount like even a heavy camera <laughs> to a windshield. The R stands for retarded. <laughs> Sorry, they give the best blowjobs. <laughs> so. Um, <laughs> So um, that'll be the next <laughs> stage or whatever. So now I got to... The thing is I got access to three cars. The first three I'm just going to do with cars that I just have access to. Mm-hmm. And then from there I'm going to start renting stuff until I build up enough. So I spoke to the people that pass out the cars, so like mm-hmm. the press car people. Yeah. And their response was you need to have 40,000 um, subscribers or followers or whatever before we actually give you our cars. That's not bad though. Yeah. Clip um, time. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> So I'm actually going to test drive the um, in f- middle of February, so in a couple of weeks, the Lucid. Oh, nice. You seen those? Yeah, 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 yeah. So that thing's pretty freaking cool. It's like a thousand horsepower electric car. Ooh, it's it's, it's small though, right? Um, no, it's uh, this one's a big one. Okay. Yeah. This well, there's two. They're about the same size. I was gonna say they have a two seater, yeah. don't they? Lucid doesn't have. Oh, a two-seater. I'm thinking the. Uh, um, the one that starts with an R. Never mind. Sorry. R. Uh, there's Rivian. 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 Yeah, there's, yeah, okay, yeah. no, the Rivian has the trucks. No, there's a... Rivian. No, there's... You're you're talking about... Um, God, I should know this off the top of my head if I'm going to freaking do the stupid car thing. But I know what you're talking The Rimac. Yes. The, but no, yes. the Rimac is the crazy... There's a Rimac dealer actually around here. Oh, um, really? Down here in Florida, at least. But no, they, they make like the... The Lamborghini of electric cars. Yeah, that's yeah, what I was they saying. Make, okay. Yeah. Hell yeah. So, That's what's now up. that I've bored the crap out of the other half of the table. Um, <laughs> and the audience. Yeah. <laughs> no, we should do more car talk, dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what's the horsepower on that? Uh, <laughs> fuck. No, it's, 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 sure it's interesting. To Spe- speaking of which, spe- speaking of which, actually. People. So, I, I've, I've stuck. Cars are yeah. cool. I like, I like cars. What so is just, your... Yeah. This is actually a decent segue. Mm-hmm. I'm proud of our segues. Um... Jay Leno recently crashed a motor. It was in a motorcycle accident. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you hear about that? Oh, no. Is that yeah. the one where he got, is that how he got burned? No. Um, this is like second again. Twice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God wants him dead. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. I don't blame so, him. So, looking at, so me as a car person, I look at Jay Leno and Jerry Seinfeld and how they've kind of, 
how they're living their lives as comedians who have these crazy car collections. Mm-hmm. What are y'all three's, like, when I envision best case scenario, my life is a comic, what does your life entail? Hmm. That's a lot. Is this like, too heavy a question? <laughs> do you, uh, go, go ahead. ahead. You no, probably no, thought I have, I have nothing. I don't. You don't. <laughs> you don't have a vision. My vision is uh, living in New New York City, mm-hmm. um, being a regular at the Comedy Cellar, having uh, a f- having a successful podcast following, and mm-hmm. going on tour, and uh, selling out comedy clubs. And uh, hot girlfriend. <laughs> so just one, just one, just one at a time. So yeah. Jimmy Moynihan just wants to be Jim Norton. Still good like, he wants yeah. to be like basically, <laughs> or you know, Jim, Jim Norton not without the tranny girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. Joe Liss, Mark Normand, all those yeah. guys. Uh, mm-hmm. Andy Hendrickson. Uh, liked one of my videos. Yeah. It's funny. Uh, Andy Hendrickson and Andy Hendrickson mm-hmm. liked one of my videos, and that meant more to me than like getting a lot of li- like a lot of like sixty thousand likes. And mm-hmm. That was just like a comedian I res- respect. Mm-hmm. And just knowing that he watched it yeah. got me excited. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that's my vision. I I just want to. The big thing is I want to make comedy a living for me and um and be able to do it and you know mm-hmm. and live you know a comfortable life that's it i'm pretty simple if i get to that point i'm super happy but i'm sure if i do get to that point then i'm gonna want more because mm-hmm. that's how, <laughs> that's how my, yeah, yeah it's how all humans work yeah get to a point yeah because i was listening to a podcast with i listened to a bunch of podcasts with louis ck this week mm-hmm. and he, j- he and he's he's like recently going out and is doing, it because of the joe rogan thing it started you down a rabbit hole because i did the same no thing. no it's like i actually sought him out because like he was on like uh two bears one cave and rogan mm-hmm. and then theo vaughn's the, yeah theo vaughn's podcast that was, a good one. that was really good but uh, when he was when he was on Two Bears, he was talking to Bert, and he was saying that like uh, after he did Madison Square Garden for the first time, it was mm-hmm. like eighteen thousand people or something like that. You know, he's like he was he wasn't describing it as like elation afterwards. Like I I'm so this is the pinnacle. Like it's the biggest crowd I've ever done. Like it, he wasn't describing it like how yeah. I would feel like it would feel. You Just know what like I mean? a, he said another gig. Well, he he was like he, yeah he was like it's it's another day at work. He's like afterwards you kind of, he he said he kind of felt like uh, hollow you mm-hmm. know or something like that like mm-hmm. it was and then he just got he left and got on the train and went home you know <laughs> <laughs> you know and it was just like hearing that though is a little bit like well, well so comedy is never gonna be a thing that gives you total mm-hmm. joy in mm-hmm. life. It, it's a it's like at even at the highest level at some point it's still a job. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I mean it can it can be the difference between like a job that fucking sucks <laughs> and, yeah. and a cool job. Yeah. But ultimately at the highest level, that guy who I mean Louis C.K. is kind of he's fluctuated mm-hmm. being at the high, high, high highs and low lows, mm-hmm. but even that guy, he goes, it's it's a fucking gig, you know what I mean? And then, mm-hmm. and then he goes home and jerks off or whatever he does, you know. Like <laughs> it's just a normal. And he, I mean, like like I feel like if it was me, 
and I was going to do that kind of show, I wouldn't sleep for two days afterwards because I'd be so oh, yeah. fucking jacked. I, if I just home. fucking did that. You I know? would just want to hang out. Yeah, but exactly. I, I think what happens is, and, and uh, Patrice O'Neill said this once. Um, he said that the uh, the opportunities come once. Like, the opportunities don't come at the moment that you're ready. Mm-hmm. The opportunities come after you're ready, after you've been ready for so long that now you're jaded. Mm-hmm. So by the time you get the opportunity, whereas had you gotten it early on when you were first ready, you'd be excited. Mm-hmm. But they take so long for the opportunities to come mm-hmm. that by the time the opportunity comes, you're like, well, yeah, I can fucking do it. Of course I can do yeah. it. I've been able to do it for the last 10 years. Who gives a shit that I'm doing Madison Square Garden? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Which... Right. It sounds sad and like yeah, it does. depressing, but yeah. yeah. Sorry to turn turn it down. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what What do you envision? I'll um, go last. I don't envision a specific city, but I've always wanted to live in California, so then maybe LA. But I also want to do more than just oh. I also want to do more than just stand up. I do want to do like get into like acting, comedic okay. acting nice. too as well. So mm-hmm. I guess LA would be the better place to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but another thing is like I want to, I want to get to a point where I'm good in comedy, but also I can teach others because I'd like to have some kind of like I want to help women in comedy. Mm-hmm. Like so, I want to get do something where it's like you mentor women or just set up mentorship programs. Yeah. Because I feel like every other profession has like these official like, Mm -hmm. you know, organizations that kind of like get people together and get them working together, like conferences, stuff like that, and maybe formalizing that more with comedy and helping people or if there's already something out there being part of that. Because I do like teaching. I do like mentoring. I think it's unfair that a woman helping other women in comedy has to be called mentoring. Ah. I think we should make one of those. <laughs> women touring. Men, men. <laughs> mentoring. Oh, wow. You know they make all those stupid catchphrases yeah. now? Like they say, uh, history, her you just story. You what I'm going to call because, it. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be women touring. <laughs> women touring. Women touring. That's, yeah, I like that. Yeah, there you go. Uh, you know what's weird is like you know how we were talking about this earlier like uh, there's like these huge conventions for you know anything yeah pretty much everything mm-hmm. but there's no like comedy convention there's like festivals where you mm-hmm. can go and watch comedy yeah but there's no like, like huge convention side. yeah where you could go and meet people like you can pay like listen like you could go and pay and meet people I've been at then, a salesperson convention yeah and sketchy shit happened in hotels at a salesman convention. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. could not afford to have a comedian convention could, because <laughs> people, would, people would die. Yeah. People would be assault, sexually assaulted. But it, people would, I feel like, like it would be sweet if there was like a convention center with a stage yeah. and then just different shows going throughout the entire day so you yeah. can pick and choose what comics you want to go see or whatever, when you want to go see them and then they have like merch areas for for, for, for them and then you can pay and do meet and greet the, the How thing, is that not a thing? The other thing in this assholes though is like comedians don't really support each other like that, right? Mm-hmm. So and that's it why would be, I want to build something where we do. <laughs> it, would be a, it would be a building full of merch and nobody buying anybody else's merch. Like, it would just be like... <laughs> Everybody just... But, but it also wouldn't only be comics there. Yeah, it would true. be fans of yeah. those people. So, I mean, yes, you know you're describing a comedy festival. That's what, yeah. But no, because the comedy festivals are... 
I guess, yeah. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I am just Yeah. <laughs> but do they do meet and greet, like paid meet and greets and stuff like that at those? Um, I, I that I don't think so. Yeah, um, they paid ones, yeah. Okay. Comic-Con um, got, really started that paid meet and greet thing where... But but there's guys that walk out of there with like 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 if thousands uh, of dollars yeah. no 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 millions of dollars really like, like uh, what's his name uh, uh, Iron Man uh, Tony Stark Robert yeah, Downey Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> <laughs> when him or Chris Hemsworth or uh, 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 Chris Evans like any of those dudes mm-hmm. when they go it's rare that they even go yeah. and do the meet and greet side of it but when they do they walk out with. Duffel bags full of money. Really? Duffel bags well, full of money. Chris Why Brown was doing dollars. Getting paid in cash? Why is it yeah, like yeah, because it's all paid meet and greet. So they're, it's, oh, okay. it's like, you oh, know, so you're being literal. Yeah, okay. it's, so it's like $200 to meet yeah. them for, you get like 10 seconds with them for like 200 bucks. Yeah. They take a photo and, you know, wrap their arm around you or whatever and then fuck off. <laughs> and then it's the next person and there's just one person collecting the money for each person. Yeah. Like I saw it at, Meg- at Megacon. If you mm-hmm. go there and mm-hmm. you like uh, like I, I said earlier we met the cast of Full House. Mm-hmm. Like each one of the people from Full House like you're going down the line it's mm-hmm. like Dave Coulier and then Bob Saget and then uh, uh, Judy Sweetin. No. Sweetin. No it was just the the men. It was uh, uh, of course. See? What's, the, what's his name? The hot one. <laughs> Uncle Jesse. John Stamos. John Stamos. So, like, you're going on the line, and it's just them at a booth, and then just one person standing next to him, like, give me the fucking money. <laughs> and then once you clear that person, then you move on to the actual person, you know? That's and, interesting. And so, that's what I'm saying. And they just, they're just shoving cash into a duffel bag, and that's all cash. Like, I mean... If they walk out with a million dollars, I'm sure they're only claiming, oh, I only made a yeah. hundred grand, <laughs> you know? So, I mean, it's a cash-heavy business. I, that's yeah. what I don't understand. I think you got to do most of the networking at shows mm-hmm. it, and, like, yeah. with other comics. Yeah. Like, open mics and... Well, my dream... Well, my... Well, so, I guess... We're starting to segue well around here. Yeah. But, um... So, one of the parts of my dream is to do a comedy festival... Um, cause I want the, uh, the house I want to build in Virginia, I want to build this big house and then build a basement that's the same footprint as the house, just underground. Mm-hmm. And I want to do a, f- cause well, the cool thing about a comedy club is if it's low ceilings, no windows and it's dark, that's like the best mm-hmm. comedy club. Yeah. And I want to build a full size, I mean, essentially the, the, um, the laugh-in in, Winter Park or Winter Haven, sorry. Mm-hmm. I want to build essentially that exact comedy club in the basement of my house. Just so you can film specials? Well, I wouldn't, maybe I would do specials, but what I would like to, because at that level, I would assume that I'm a rich, famous comedian. Yeah. Right? And what I think would be cool, because the, the thing about festivals is you're going way out. You're mostly doing shows in front of the public, mm-hmm. and you hope that maybe a few industry people are there, and maybe they see your set, right? And my thing is, how cool would it be if Kevin Hart had a comp because he has a comedy club in his house uh-huh. that he filmed a special in? Really? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. The, his worst special, but yes, his special <laughs> was done at a comedy club that he built in his it's house. It's not relatable anymore. So it's like, <laughs> no, I think. Well, <laughs> I got ever hung out with the Rock. <laughs> <laughs> but, but how cool would it be if someone like, someone like Kevin Hart, were to mm-hmm. invite, you know, all of the producers and stuff that he works with, and the famous comics that he works with, to his home for a one evening, 
comedy show in his basement, mm-hmm. and he invites all of his favorite new up-and-coming comics that no one's ever heard of. Like, that kind of mm-hmm. thing where, like a, like a Bohemian Grove kind of mm-hmm. comedy festival that's... Well, <laughs> I like how you equated it to Bohemian Grove, <laughs> which is like the fucking... Uh, that's like the Illuminati shit. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, I want an underground organization where we can also se- <laughs> sex traffic women <laughs> or whatever they fucking do. Fucking creeps at the top. <laughs> but this idea where all of the top people in the, in the industry can come to somewhere where they'd actually show up. You know, because, I mean, even if you go to a... I, I found this list of the top industry-attended comedy festivals in the world. And, like, from now on, I'm only going to apply to those. Because, like, to me, it's like, what is the point of get going to, you know, Wichita, Kansas for their, you know, hay and hoedown comedy <laughs> festival? Like, what to the ne- fuck's the point? To network, to network with other comics. Which I understand. Yeah. But, to me, if, if I'm going to apply, if I'm only going to apply to a few comedy festivals a year, it might as well be just for laughs, you know, the New York Festival, like a, the Roger specific Roger. ones. Why not do like, all of them though? Because well, because it becomes monetarily, it becomes an issue. Oh, because I mean, goodness. number one, the it's not free to apply to the festivals. I mean, right. you're looking at fifty bucks here, forty bucks right. there, thirty bucks here, True. fifty bucks there. Then once you start to get in, now you're traveling. Now it's like, all right, I gotta you know take X amount of time to go to Wichita, Kansas. I gotta take this time to go to. McGillicuddy, Nebraska, mm-hmm. like all of these ones, it's just like it's cool to have the festivals under your belt and to meet a couple of people out in those places. But like my thing is, if I'm going to devote, you know, five hundred bucks a year to applying to festivals or whatever that number is, I want it to be just for last Boston, New York, like those specific festivals where industry is going to be there. You know? No, that makes That's sense. That's my, you know. You, you know, I had an answer for, like, w- what I see myself in the future, but based on your answer, I'm, I'm going to shoot for the stars also. Well, my I, answer I'll, is always super arrogant. People I know. People look at me like I'm a complete you, asshole. You know what? I, I want to build the Epstein Island for comics. <laughs> <laughs> you want to build Bahamian Grove? I want to build Epstein Island, all right? <laughs> but just for comedy. <laughs> but my, my goal is is to... to <laughs> so are you still going after me? <laughs> I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> my, um, my goal is I want to keep my house in Florida. Mm-hmm. I want to build my house in Virginia. And I want to buy a condo in New York. And I want to be... Because what I find is if you... if you like, Listening to podcasts and stuff, I don't know if you guys have heard, is people end up being either East Coast or West Coast comics. I where, think that's changing though, man. Yeah, which I, I really know. Do. With the internet and social media and stuff. Well, also, all over the place. also just like... Like Austin's kind of slowly becoming the new Los Angeles, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. uh, like, because LA is obsessible right now, you know. So yeah. everybody's like, "Well, if I'm gonna move west, I can go a little less west, yeah. <laughs> you know, and just end yeah. up in Austin." And so, yeah. I th- and then like you're saying, the internet too, man. Like, I mean, yeah. you can you can be a comic that blows up from anywhere now. Yeah, and that's your whole model. yeah. That's my whole I'm thing. Blow up from Melbourne, <laughs> you know. But so. I think long term. I want to just be an East Coast run person yeah. where I'm doing, you know, New York, D.C., you know, Richmond, Virginia, Raleigh, Charlotte, North Carolina, Miami, Atlanta, like just run the East Coast up and down the East Coast. Yeah. And if I have a condo in New York, a house down in Florida, and a house Damn. in Virginia, Holy those shit. are the three, you mm-hmm. know. That's going to be expensive. Yeah. 
it's it won't be as bad as you think because <laughs> well because my house I already have so the house in Florida if I just stay in my house, um, then the house in Virginia I've already I own the land because I'm doing this whole land purchase thing that I'm doing, and then New York I've been looking at if you're willing to live in like a studio in the Bronx. Oh man! You can like I know it's only eight million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Steal. Um, not like, and again, it just depends on my comedy career making it worth it. Once yeah. I get to that point, I want to do it to where, like, like three hundred and fifty thousand gets you a small apartment in like the Bronx. To own it? To own? Yeah. I'm, like, a small apartment in the like, Bronx. I, I, I like want a closet in Flatbush. <laughs> I wouldn't buy an apartment in the Bronx. I'd want to buy. I would rent because you you might not want to stay there for long. <laughs> well, but if you don't stay there long, then you just sell it. Because the one thing about New but York is you're never going to not, not be able to... Bronx is not a good just place. Jimmy forgets when I'm black. Well, yeah. I mean, just, like, racist, just locally. You want to yeah. maybe be in Brooklyn or... Mm. Well, I would just oh, want to be able to... Yeah. And Chris, you're, you're black, like, no, black like actual location. <laughs> 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 Geographically. No, not because of that. I'm just kidding. But no, because well, I'm originally from New York, so I have like family that lives in the Bronx and stuff, and I know like I can move around in the Bronx. I'd be okay. I would love... Well, I, honestly, I love Harlem. I love Harlem, but Harlem is so expensive, it's insane mm. unless you're willing to live like literally above a crack house like there's no there's yeah. no in between so i feel like if you have a if you have a place in new york you might as well stay there but uh, for a while mm. i mean because that's that in my mind that's the mecca yeah of comedy yeah i mean i hope to well because so, here's the thing kind of what you're saying about how things are changing mm-hmm I think honestly, Atlanta is going to be so big in the next. I mean, it's already big now, and what's going to be happening in Atlanta over the next ten, fifteen years? I think Florida is going to become an amazing place to be as a comic because the Miami scene is exploding, mm-hmm. the Atlanta scene is exploding, and we're close enough to Atlanta to where you could be in Atlanta whenever you want but far enough from Atlanta that we're not stuck in the pricing mm-hmm. and all that sort of thing. So, like, when we did that podcast with Adam, he... Is that where he lives? Yeah, he lives in Atlanta now. Mm-hmm. Ah. So he's doing all these movie roles he's getting in Atlanta because all that Marvel stuff is shooting in Atlanta. Yeah. But when he before he moved to Atlanta, he lived in Orlando and had an agent in Atlanta. So my goal here is in the next year, as I'm working on all the stuff that I'm doing, is to get an agent in Atlanta... Because I have, I have an aunt that lives in Atlanta, so I have a place to stay whenever I need to go to Atlanta. Oh, nice. So. I'll, I'll let you know how hard it is, because we're about to submit my daughter for agents in Atlanta. Yeah. Really? Like, awesome. yeah, based on Adam Murray's recommendation. Really? Yeah. Okay. Because, well, we were going to do headshots this past week for her, new headshots, but she, uh... She was sick. Mm-hmm. She didn't look ready for headshots. <laughs> That's hilarious. She was sick as fuck, dude. She was, like, like we were waiting, and we, we, I mean, we waited to the last minute because we, we use the same guy that Adam does for headshots, and so, like, I mean, he's hard. He's a hard. You got to book him like two or three months in advance. Yeah. And so we did not want to cancel, you know, yeah. and then it got to be Thursday and we were doing it on Friday and she was still sick as hell. And I was like, ah, we got to cancel. <laughs> and he was super nice. He's like, hey, if I have any cancellations, I'll let you know. You can just slide. Yeah. 
So. But the funny thing about showbiz is, is like the honesty that you have to have yeah. as a dad to be like, listen, sweetheart. Yeah, you look like <laughs> shit this week. Yeah, <laughs> she knew. I mean, she had like, you know, bags on her eyes and stuff. I mean, she was sick, you know, it just is what it is. Everybody yeah. looks like shit when they're sick, <laughs> you know. So, yeah, uh, but yeah, you definitely want to, you know, pick when you're looking when you're the looking best, <laughs> you know. I mean, that's like what you're submitting on to people. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah, but uh, unfortunately, but yeah, we're gonna submit her to Atlanta, to Atlanta. So who's the guy that does the headshots? Um, his name is uh, shit. Uh, I can't remember. I'll remember it okay. in like yeah. ten minutes. All right, then just scream yeah, it yeah, out. I'll scream yeah. it out. Like, <laughs> 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 uh, but yeah, he's the best man. Yeah. Like in Orlando, he's he is the best. Yeah. And, and like, can when you, you send me his? Yeah, yeah. when you go on when, when you go on his website, mm-hmm. like he has like all of the people that get booked mm-hmm. that, that have his headshots and shit yeah. like that, and it's just fucking pages of people. Like, <laughs> right. You know what I mean? On all like Adams on it, you yeah. know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. on all of the like I mean it's like pages of people on the some of the biggest shows. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so I'm not saying it's directly because of him. You gotta yeah. have talent and all that kind of shit. Yeah. But I mean, when you're you, do you you do acting now? I'm trying to get into it. Okay, so it. so like I mean, when you're submitting, you mm-hmm. know, you're it's just like doing comedy to when nobody's listening. You're just doing it to the fucking void. Yeah, you know what I mean. You're submitting over and over and over again, and they're they're literally just judging you based on one photo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. you you want it to be the best possible photo that yeah. you can, <laughs> yeah. you know. And then uh, even when you get auditions, like my my kid, she filmed an audition uh, yesterday, even mm-hmm. being sick. We were mm-hmm. like, sorry, you, yeah. you, you submitted for it. You got to do it. Uh, and then I got home today and my wife's like, oh, there's another. She, Marley's got another audition. She, like right now she's doing like probably two auditions a week. And it's wow, so easy because really? it's on film. Yeah. I mean, she's she, really? she filming at the house. So, oh. Yeah. So do you have like a little like green screen area no, set up? I just, she I just, just yeah, we it. just have a white wall, dude. Oh, she, she just, just films it right, right in front of there. Really? And they're <clears throat> for big auditions. Like mm-hmm. she auditioned for the lead in a couple of Disney shows. Oh wow. And then she auditioned for uh like a TV show with like Susan Sarandon in it, mm-hmm. uh called uh, Monarch. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, Anyway, she she didn't get any of them. <laughs> but but for those auditions where you want it to be like as professional as possible, we go to this place in Orlando called like uh, Star Catcher Academy, mm-hmm. and they do professional audition taping. It's mm-hmm. like it's like for an hour. It's like twenty five bucks or something like oh, that. Wow. And they'll they'll like wow. cut, it's may, maybe it's a little more. Maybe the half hour is twenty five, and the mm-hmm. hour is like forty or something. It's not a, it's not a ton of money though. Yeah. It's not like you're like fucking paying an arm and a leg. But they uh, if you do an hour, they'll. They know all of the... Because they're auditioning people yeah. for the same fucking roles. You yeah. know what I mean? So they know exactly what the people are looking for. They've already auditioned probably 10 other kids for the same roles. So when they go in and say, okay, we're auditioning for this role, they're like, all right, I've already done three of these. I know what they're looking for. And so they'll coach you. Mm-hmm. Like, if you do the hour one, they'll coach you for, like, the first 20, 20 minutes or so mm-hmm. and just get you comfortable and, like, let you, like, make... You go over it over and over again, you know, mm-hmm. and just make sure you got all the lines and everything down. And then they hit play, and then they do, like, maybe ten takes, mm-hmm. you know, and then they take the best one and submit it. Mm-hmm. And it looks super good. Do like, they submit it for you? Or? Yep, yep, they oh. submit it for you You because they're also in contact with all of the yeah. agents and everything. It's really easy. It's super easy. It's, it's really nice, too. They also do, like, acting classes and stuff like that, yeah. too. They do virtual acting classes. Can you send me that yeah. as well? Yeah, that place is really it's good. like a one-stop shop for Kia is the lady who runs that place. She is 
fucking awesome. Like she's, she's black? really yeah, she's black lady. Yeah, and she's I was like, yeah. She's like now where like she she owns it and runs it. But she's in she she does like casting as well. And uh so now she's like where she does less of the acting classes, which she has she has teachers that work there and stuff like that, so it's not just her. But she's like like last time I was there she was in Amsterdam casting for a movie there and then like she's traveling all over. But but uh the reason I even found this place is because the the whole w- reason my daughter became an actor is because of the show Fuller House. Mm-hmm. We were talking about Full House earlier. There's a kid on that show that my daughter liked, and I found out he was from Orlando. Oh. And then and she had been talking to me since she was four years old and saying, "Oh, I want to be an actor. I want to be an actor." And so uh, she, I saw, I found out this kid was from Orlando. You were looking up. Uh yeah, kids. Yeah, kids. I was like, yeah. I, I was like, how this kid? That is a good question. How did you find out where this child lives? Okay, no, no, no. It was. Uh, she told me. She oh, actually right. found out and told me. She's like, oh, he's from Orlando. Right. And so then I googled him and I was like, well, how did he get from Orlando onto this show, Fuller House? You know. And so I found this uh, school called the Maley School in mm-hmm. or- Orlando, and they do classes and all that kind of shit too. It's like it's really it's Elaine act- Maxwell. This whole for yeah. sure. And, and so, <laughs> so then we took her there, and she started doing acting classes there. And then through that, got her first agent, mm-hmm. and then started booking stuff, just taking classes there. And then uh, the kid from Fuller House did a acting seminar there, and so really? we took the kid her. Did the seminar? Yeah, the kid. Yeah. He's like he's like. He All was right, one of the. He was the oldest kid on the show. So, at, oh, when we did it, that little boy. No, not the little one. It was the oh. older son. <laughs> yeah, his name is Michael Campion. Hmm. Uh, but he uh, <laughs> he he did an acting seminar there, and and he's like he's like sixteen or seventeen at the time or whatever. Hmm. And so, we signed her up. It's like one hundred fifty bucks. She got to go hang out with him for like four hours. There was a whole bunch of kids there and everything. And I just sat there and chatted with his mom the entire time mm-hmm. like I just yeah. that's all I did I was like okay you you guys go do your thing I don't really mm-hmm. care <laughs> you know yeah. but I just sat over here and was like picking her brain non-stop mm-hmm. you know what I mean and then at the end of it she's like hey here's my email like if you need anything I can hook you up with the right acting teachers in in uh, LA because mm-hmm. like when you get to you get to I'm sorry I'm like no going on this information oh, I tried no, but when you, when you get to a certain level here where you're like You've kind of exhausted all the acting classes here. Kind of what Adam was saying. Yeah. Uh, you have agents. You're getting like small roles either. Just stretching. In com- I know, but Jim's a long fucking person. <laughs> like, it's weird. You're, get, you're getting small roles in like uh, commercials or uh, or even like full roles in commercials in, in uh, small roles in TV and movie and stuff like that. It's time for you to move on, right? But once you go to LA or New York or wherever, they don't give a fuck what you've done mm-hmm. like it's cool that you have a resume and that you've done yeah, stuff yeah. but you're basically it's kind of like doing comedy in those places you're basically just starting over mm-hmm. you just happen to be good at it yeah. <laughs> you know but so they what they want there is like they want you to have the right acting classes mm-hmm. and that's what the casting agents there look for because the, there's certain acting classes that spit out the best people mm-hmm. you know what I mean so then you want to get in those classes and then your resume is like oh I've taken the, this class this class this class and then the agents go okay now <laughs> we know that this person is going to be a good actor because they've taken all this shit yeah. so now we'll we'll represent you and put you out and see what happens mm-hmm. so that's what he did and, yeah. and that's what his mom was saying he's like I'll hook you up with the right acting classes like mm-hmm. I'll you know whatever just give her a few years and you mm-hmm. know I still got her email yeah. <laughs> uh, occasionally I'll just reach out and be like hey how you doing <laughs> you know but just just to keep in touch but she was super nice you know yeah. and so she's uh, like some and, and creepy by the way, dad just keeps on season five he was making he made over a million dollars there was five seasons of Fuller House yeah in the last season he was there's ten episodes and he Uh, made a hundred grand an episode I I bowed out 17 years old like 
the fourth episode of um, season one. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's what a sensible 30-something-year-old man watching a child <laughs> well, show would do. Oh, well, yeah. It's fucking... It was rough. Well, my, that's my it was kid's like super favorite... super cheesy? Yeah. yeah, super cheesy. Yeah. yeah. Like, Full well, yeah, House had some heart. And, well, I also was a child. Yeah. Because yep. <laughs> you're a grown man. But, <laughs> yeah. but Full House is my kid's favorite TV show. The original yeah. one. Yeah. yeah. And so, as soon as Fuller House came out, she was, like, all in. Like, it, And I was the same way. Like, we would watch it as a family, but I was sitting there like, oh, you know, <laughs> and then uh, I don't. But I'm kind of happy that that show happened because yeah. it put her on the path that she wanted to be on. And mm-hmm. now, like I said, she's she's doing some sometimes one or two auditions a week right now. Like yeah. it's there's a lot of stuff that's a casting now. Yeah. Um. So, but I want to get her in more classes and shit like that. That's what I. That's what she needs. Because like Adam was saying, like just mm-hmm. take classes, keep taking those, and and it's. It's expensive. You might pay, you know, two or three hundred dollars for a class. Sometimes four hundred dollars for a class that lasts twelve weeks and and all that. And you might think, oh, I just wasted this money. But if you he he took classes for ten years before yeah. he was booking. You know what I mean? And yeah. and that made him a good actor. Dude, and I, funny enough, my my mom is visiting right now. Mm-hmm. She came down from Kentucky, and I came home and my mom was just happened to be watching She Hulk. Oh, really? And I was like, are you ready for this? She was like, what? I was like, play the next episode. And I was like, I know that guy, that guy right there, that specific one. He was on my podcast. Yeah, he was <laughs> on my podcast. So, so. Yeah. It's yeah. weird seeing a, a some because I actually, I like, I, I had watched, that, like, I'd watched Stranger Things and She-Hulk and all that yeah. stuff already. Yeah. You know what I mean? And Cobra Kai. But I yeah. was like, since I met him, I was like, all right, let me go watch his scene yeah. specifically. And it's, yeah. it's even weird seeing because yeah. I was like, I fucking, I was sitting there, I was talking to that guy like three weeks ago. <laughs> so yeah, it's weird. It's yeah. Real, it's real weird. So no, I'm, I'm, I'm working on getting more and more. Um, so uh, Ken Miller did Green Light. So Wednesday, if okay. you're still available. Yeah. Um, and then we're going to see if Jimmy's available. You want to yeah. go to Daytona Wednesday? Yeah, I would like to. Um, you got a show? Well, no. I mean, the only thing I had planned was uh, Bull and Bush. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, if we're if we're crazy enough, we could do the Nog afterwards. It's right across the street. <laughs> oh, we that have to do fun. the Nog. That's what no, I mean. it's, just, it's right there. <laughs> it's right there. Well, wait, is it? Where well, is it? So is what it I would beaches, right? Uh, I think I think you might be right. God, he's he's so on top of things. He knows more of the shit than I do. Well, as um, soon as you said, "Hey, do you want to do this?" I was yeah. like, "All right, let me look at what we're doing." <laughs> Because so. um, cause we, we actually have an office up in Daytona, or, or Holly Hill, so it's pretty close. So I was going to do the show, run to our office, do a podcast at the at the other one insurance office. With Ken? Yeah, with Ken. And then after that, yeah, we can go do the NOG. The NOG doesn't start, the sign-up isn't until like 1130. PM? Wait, no, it's not. It's something it? like that, yeah. It's not. It's 10. I thought yeah. it was late as fuck. <laughs> and we're out of town, so they'll put us up first. Yeah, yeah that's exactly. true. It's and not that. Get the fuck out have of you there. done the knock? I've never been there. Oh, it'd be great. Oh, yeah. It's, they it's invite me constantly. It like, is. Like Roy and, and Tim Blaylock and them, and they're like, you should come. You know, I just never make it up there. Did I you, even went up to New Smyrna on a Wednesday one time and still didn't go to the <laughs> Did uh, Roy do a set last night? Yeah. Yeah. He, he never got... He, uh, Roy came in and he... Uh, he might not want me talking about this. I don't know. He might not give a shit. Mm. He was uh, he was on mushrooms, on mushrooms. <laughs> oh, okay. yeah. but he, we, he like it never. And he said he didn't take enough. It didn't. Yeah. It didn't <laughs> oh, it didn't. No. Oh, because I was like, he was signed up for last, and I was like, I walked up to him, and I was like, "You feeling it, dude? Like, <laughs> you, you want to do a set?" <laughs> and then at one point, he came over and he sat down next to me, and there was only like two comics left. He's like, "I don't think I'm gonna do a set." 
I was like, really? I was like, are you are you tripping now? And he's like, no. He's like, I just, I don't know. And then I was like, no, dude, you should do a set. And then he sat there and, like, <laughs> like figured out what jokes he wanted right. to do. He went, yeah. so. I couldn't imagine coming, driving an hour, and it, like an hour to an open mic and, then and not, not doing a set. <laughs> that's, that's actually kind of depressing. What? Just, just, just like, hey, I guess I'm here now. I think yeah. the most depressing nah, part. I'm just going to go home. <laughs> <laughs> well, the most depressing part is the mushrooms not kicking. Yeah, that would have yeah. made me angry. <laughs> be a bummer. Because <laughs> I, I like some mushrooms. Yeah. It's been, how old's my kid? I haven't done, done anything like that since my kids were born, though. So uh-huh. it's been like 16-something mm-hmm. years, <laughs> you know. But That's responsible. Ooh, before, <laughs> beforehand, I was, I, I love, I mean, I love drugs. Wait, how long? <laughs> I love drugs. How long has it been? It's like 16 years. Oh, it's been three. How many hours? Two and a half years. Okay. Less than two and a half years. From mushrooms? Yeah, I did yeah. it about three months before I, three months before I got sober, clean yeah. and sober. But it, I attribute it to me getting sober. Oh, really? Clarity. Because I got clarity and I did this whole... It was a... Uh, I didn't know what they were. I couldn't even think of the name of them until I saw... I think it was a Tuesdays with Stories podcast. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were talking about doing truffles. And Truffles? Which is truffles just like... Truffles eye as well? It's a know. variation of mushrooms. Uh-huh. And as soon as they said that, that I think it was Mark, he did tr- truffles. I'm like, oh, that's what I did. Because I tripped harder than I've ever tripped on mushrooms before. <laughs> like, and I ate a lot of them. Mm-hmm. And I, it, was, it was to a point where, like, within 10 minutes, everything started, like, moving. Mm-hmm. And my ego fucking got sucked out of my soul. And uh, it was wild. But I was like... I got into a huge fight with my parents. It was this was on Christmas, mm-hmm. and I got in a huge fight with my parents. And I drove to my friend's house on Christmas, and I knew they were all going to take mushrooms, and I just took a bunch of them. And then I was drinking heavily too. Oh yeah, that's the worst combination. Oh, yeah, man. I don't like that either because I don't like feeling nauseous when I'm on shrooms. And I feel like if I drink it, like. It, I'm already kind of like you're eating a fungus. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, yeah, and so you're not supposed kinda, to drink. When yeah, you take it makes it. my stomach a little weird already, but yeah. I can deal with it. You know what I mean? But if like, I start drinking on top of that, because like, like in Amsterdam, on the packages for truffles, it says "Do not drink." Yeah. With oh this. Yeah. So yeah. I so didn't know. I uh, I it makes it didn't worse. know it was different. I when I heard truffles, I thought like chocolate truffles. Mm-hmm. So I thought that like they just made mushrooms into like a. I don't know, like a s- snack kind of thing, and I'm like, this doesn't taste. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I licked the bag. But like, <laughs> I got, I was like in a manic stage where I got in a huge fight with my, like the biggest fight you could ever get. I was like throwing shit. I was out of my mind, and then I tripped on mushrooms. So now I'm thinking about the like. What you just said. And disappointing did and like, my yeah. family and what I did. And I'm like, I need to make a change. I need to get clean and sober. Mm-hmm. I need to get my shit together. I took out my phone and made a list of stuff I needed to do in order to get better. Mm-hmm. And it took about three months. But then I did all this stuff. I made calls. I went to AA. And then I found the list like a couple months into my sobriety. And I forgot I made the list. Mm-hmm. And I had done everything that I said I was going to do when I made the list high, when I made the list tripping on mushrooms. Oh, that's <laughs> so awesome. So, like, it landed yeah. a seat or something. Oh, yeah, man. But, uh, 
Yeah, mushrooms are. Sometimes you need clarity like that. It was a spiritual experience. The only problem with mushrooms is you get a spiritual experience, but it doesn't stick with you. Yeah, it's fleeting. It's fleeting. You might feel it the next day and like maybe a couple days after, but then it goes away and you're back to your selfish, you know, shitty self. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. Some part of it stuck. But um, anyway, yeah, mushrooms. Yeah, I haven't never dabbled. I have never. All right, this always. This always creates a conversation. I've never once been drunk or high. Oh, I Do, forgot you ever about had that. Alcohol? Like, huh? Ever had sips of alcohol? Like yeah, sipped alcohol. Okay, but I'm a never, big guy, so never it would drunk. take quite a bit for me to get drunk, and I hate alcohol. Well, this is going to start a conversation because I need to know why. <laughs> have you ever smoked weed? No. Okay. I've been I've been in a circle and passed it to the next person and, and just not. Is it out of fear, like fear of feeling different and not being able to control it? A, a little, or are you just a pussy? A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, well, you just described the same thing, thing twice. Right, it's the same thing. Yeah. He's happy. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Well, I don't know what that is. <laughs> it is the same it's thing. like I don't need anything. I'm just good away. But what was the no, mindset when I, the joint was passed to you? It was what just was it like I haven't, like I have. So, so San, sans drugs, I um I spent I spent about a month in a mental hospital when I was like in middle school because I was like fairly close to killing myself wow um but but it was like but but this is and i had this conversation recently um with somebody where i thought and this this is what formed some of my like sort of almost conservative thinking now Mm -hmm. is like before going to that hospital i thought i had problems and i thought that i was close to killing myself Mm -hmm. and then i went to the hospital and i lived with people who were legitimately out of control and I realized oh I'm not out of control I just I have feelings that you know everyone experiences Mm -hmm. and sometimes they get overwhelming and I am blessed to be in a position where I can control myself and I need to stop being a pussy and Mm -hmm. control myself and live my life right Um, because like I spent I mean, it was just weird. Like, I, like one of the things when I was there, I saw this kid. And I, th- this this particular day, I called my parents and demanded that I come home. And that's when I found out that when you send your child to one of those hospitals, you actually sign over custody to the state temporarily. Mm-hmm. And your parents can't come get you mm-hmm. until right, the state yeah. decides that you are safe to go home, <sighs> which was a weird mm-hmm. experience. You're a yeah. ward of the state. Yeah, you're a ward of the state. Um, how old were you? Uh, that was middle school, something like eleven, something like that. Wow. Yeah. That's young. Deep thinking yeah. for an eleven-year-old. So I was like, well, no. So I, and the thing is, again, like you think, like I, so at the time, I'm I'm in the house by myself, and I'm sitting there with like a, like a big steak knife to my wrist, mm-hmm. and I'm like, this is Jeez. a problem. Holy <laughs> but <laughs> that's when you said, <laughs> you know, what? <laughs> there might be something wrong here. It was like. <laughs> But the thing was, is like I was, I was like rubbing it, like I was like rubbing it, like you know how you could you sharpen oh, a knife on one of those sharpener dude. things, and I was just kind of like playing, rubbing it well, back and forth across my wrist, and the, just the thought just kind of like it was like a, it was like a like a like a train almost. It was like maybe you could, huh? I wonder. And the thought to kill myself just like got louder and louder and louder, and and again, so I thought that was me having like. Because, you know, my parents had been divorced. Our house had burned down recently. Like, just a bunch of shit. And I was feeling whatever. 
And then you get there, and they put you... The, the thing is, I arrived at night, and you get there, and they put you in a bed, and you just hear, like, like wretched screaming, oh, yeah. like, off in the distance. That was yeah. Jimmy. <laughs> that was Jimmy. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. And I was that like... Was me. Oh, this is, like... I'm in a place with people with real... Like, this isn't what I thought. Yeah. And then I remember... The other thing was... We'd have these, like, group meetings. Mm-hmm. And they would ask, like, you know, so what happened? Why are you here? And my story was, like, my, parent got, my parents got divorced... And, like, in my head, I'm like, fuck, I'm I such a pussy. I like a pussy. <laughs> yeah, like, 50% of the population gets divorced. Yeah. Half the kids in America are parents are like Dave well, Chappelle and half yeah. bake. But then, uh, I'm like, heckling. Yeah. Like. That's then, not why. The reason why you were there is because you were scraping a knife across your no, wrist, yeah. you know? But, but, so, but so then. Like the, yeah. Well, well so I'll, I'll give you. So here's how it, like, kind of developed for me. Right. Was, like, you know. Then I was like, oh, our house burned down, and I, you know, I had this, you know, connection to the place where we lived and all this stuff, and all that was sort of ripped away in an instant and all that. And the kid next to me, like, his mom got, like, a new boyfriend who was, like, a rapist and, you know, beat and molested him, like, every night for, you know, however long. The kid next to him was, like, kind of a big like brolic white kid and him and his dad got into an argument and he took a swing at his dad and just happened to hit his dad in the right spot on the side of his head and put his father in a coma and he lost his mind from putting his father in a coma then there was a kid in our like it was broken up into like like sections like apartments sort of and there was a kid in ours who like nobody talked to and everybody was like freaked out like by him kind of thing and I was like, okay. Um, they originally bunked me with him, and I I requested to leave that room. <laughs> I was like, I'm not gonna be in that room. Everybody else is scared of this kid. Why should I? I'm new, yeah. and I'm not as crazy as these motherfuckers. Why do I have to be with the craziest kid in the thing? Yeah. So they moved me to a different room, and I always come to find out, and I, to this day I don't even know the if all the exact details were true, but this is what I was told. He was in school, and he wasn't, like, doing well in school. He was not doing his homework, not doing that sort of shit. So he got grounded. And his family was going on vacation. So his dad, his mom, and his sister were all going, I think, and grandmother, I think, were all going on vacation. Mm-hmm. And because, vaca- That's a- because he wasn't doing well in school, mm-hmm. they made him go stay with his aunt while the family went on vacation. Yeah. He murdered that bitch. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just kidding. That's why I was. <laughs> very interesting. His parents' flight home mm-hmm. hit the second Twin Tower. Oh. Uh, remember, this is in New York. Oh, man. Right around, know. you know, because mm-hmm. I was I was in <sighs> elementary school when mm-hmm. September 11th happened. This was when I was in middle school. So this was a couple years later. So in an instant, he went from having a full mm-hmm. family life to... Causing 9-11. Causing 9-11. So. I know where you're like that. So being in that circle of people, mm-hmm. having those conversations, it was just a very like, all right, Christopher, when you get home, you're going to shut the fuck up. <laughs> well. And you're going to not, you know, you're going to figure out how, like, and, and don't get me wrong, I still have like issues. And a part of the reason why I don't, I have a lot of hardcore alcoholics in my not immediate family but like my right. extended family. that's what i was gonna ask you yeah 
And also, it, just because the people around you had more intense or serious things going on, mm-hmm. that doesn't discredit how you're feeling or what your experience was. Yeah. Though you mm-hmm. know, but probably compared at the time, I'm like I don't belong here, which yeah. is, uh, you know, valid as well. Yeah. Because I remember the the thing that it was like the super turning point for me was like I watched this kid like try to kill himself, mm. and it was the craziest. So. I was, we were walking through the hallway, and the thing is, it's, it's, it's a mental hospital. So, like, different different doors might go to a real fucked up place that you're not even thinking about when you're just going to eat lunch or whatever. Yeah. So, this was the room that leads into the padded room. So, this is like the staging room where they put you in the straight jacket to then uh. put you in the padded room. So, I'm walking past that staging room, and it has, uh, it's a metal door with you know the glass where there's the wire the metal wire in the glass to like reinforce it you ever seen that mm-hmm. yeah so i'm walking past and there's just a big metal door with this thin little glass window and i look in and there's like guys in lab coats running around chasing this kid cuz the kid's like trying to kill himself mm-hmm. and they're trying to get a hold of him and he jumps up on top of the windowsill and jumps down on the ground like face first and like breaks his nose, oh, and his face is like covered. It, it, to me, it looked a lot worse. And like in hindsight, it wasn't as bad as I'm thinking. Because now, when you break your nose, like blood it's is just like yeah. everywhere. But it looks yeah. terrible. It looks so scary. he runs out of like my frame where I'm seeing through the window, and I and I'm again I'm trying to see what's going on. So I stick my face like right up oh. against the glass. So I'm trying to like find him, and he's like off. He's somewhere that I can't see in this window. Right. And he pops up, like bloody face, bloody face. His, no. his forehead on the glass, and my forehead is on the <laughs> other side of the glass. Right? It's like Bioshock. <laughs> and yeah. I swear yeah. to God, so they have yeah. they have this stuff. That it's called. And I was so glad I met another kid that was in a mental hospital when he was a kid at a comedy show. He was actually one of the audience members, like last year. Mm-hmm. Who described the same thing? So I'm uh, not like making it up. It's called booty juice. Is oh, what they call it. It's what? just because they they inject. It's a sedative that they inject into your butt cheek. I guess that's like the best place because it's all like meat or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so again, he's like. There's a moment where like his <laughs> forehead's on the glass. I know. Like, it's bad. <laughs> And, I don't know, I kind of like it. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a you moment a <laughs> where, like, his forehead is on the glass, my forehead is on the glass, where, like, I mean, just glass in between our faces, and just, like, yeah. his blood is, like, all over the glass. The doctor's pumping and, booty juice into yeah, his so, asshole. So, he's, like, so we're, like, staring into each other's eyes, and then all of a sudden he, like, moves, and I later realized that's when they inject him. But he's staring into my eyes, and all of a sudden oh, his eyes God. just roll back, and he just drops, and like, like, like a horror movie, like, like the like, Twin Towers, like his yeah, <laughs> the Twin Towers. like his like his fingers are like sliding down the glass oh. with his own blood or whatever, Jesus. and as that and all of all of this. that, <laughs> all of that happened. I swear it had to have been eight seconds. But, like, oh, yeah, I'll never forget every frame of what happened in that oh, eight seconds. Jesus. The real question and is, how big was your boner? <laughs> <laughs> so, that, so that was the night when I called my parents and I demanded I go home. And I found out oh, yeah, that, that, 
yeah, there's no nothing anywhere. we can do. You yeah. cannot go home. You're like, oh, I'm in an insane asylum. And from that point forward, it was just a very, it was like, okay, 30 days. I need to like, yeah, 30 days. It was like the minimum. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they, cause they have a, they have a, a minimum where they can assess you. So you have to be there a minimum. It wasn't 30. It was, I think it was three weeks. I think it was 21 days or something like that. Right. It was right, right, just under a month when I was there. And uh, the funny thing was, is uh, one of the things was like I was being bullied at school, mm-hmm. and like nothing is bully repellent. Like the kids going, so where have you been? Uh-huh. <laughs> In an insane asylum. Yeah. Oh. So they're like, all right, we're not gonna fuck with them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, like, let me tell you the stories. <laughs> <laughs> but the other, but the other experience I had was it was one of the counselors who who like just sat me down one day and was like, you do not belong here. Because mm-hmm. one of the things that he pointed out to me that hadn't even occurred to me was my parents came every single day of the twenty one days. Right. The vast majority of the kids never had a single visitor they were just like i don't know if they didn't have families or their families had written them off at that point or what it was they're enjoying like the break that they're getting from and they were like you know you have people that are on top of caring about you know you and your life right you do not belong don't let me ever see you Hmm. it was very much like a prison story (laughs) like don't let me ever see you back in here but i mean i had parents that were very supportive but i didn't yeah. stop me from being absolutely insane and yeah. going into mm-hmm. hospitals and yeah. but see so like so like I might have met Jimmy back then right and I would have been like okay Jimmy's not off the wall but he's further than me mm-hmm. so <laughs> I can you know what I mean yeah. I can so from oh so back to why I don't like drink or do any drugs it's like I feel like I'm like I, I I like my brain, but it's also scary. That makes so sense. Yeah. I have because that's why I, part of why, and I think a lot of people, it's why I love comedy so much. Because mm-hmm. my brain, like I have a horrendous short term memory. Like Scott Denver. That's the guy's name. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that was a perfect time. <laughs> but I like my brain. <laughs> my brain. <laughs> Is really really good at some things, and horrible at other things. Like to the point where I have people in my life that think that I don't care about mm. certain, and it's not. It's just literally my, even things that are important to me. I just don't like my brain doesn't hold certain yeah. things. But it does with comedy. But but with comedy, no, well not that. It's like it's, I think, and I think this is, I think of what part of what separates like comedians from a lot of people. What I notice happens is I may come to the same conclusion. Like, if you're, in, if you're in a situation and something funny happens, I might come to the same joke as somebody else, but I'll get there ten times faster. And I think that's why, <clears throat> that's what helps me with crowd work. Mm-hmm. I have that a like, little bit, too. Just yeah. A little bit. I notice where I'll be on stage and I'll put two and two together just really fast. Yeah. You know, just from talking to people. Mm-hmm. But... It's almost like as fast as my brain is coming up with new things, it also has the same amount of memory space. So it dumps a bunch of shit that I should be remembering. Right. And I feel like comedy is the only place where my brain can thrive because my brain is like it's almost set up like it's good at this. Mm-hmm. But everything else is bad at. <laughs> um, right, right. So 
I try to I'm I'm barely in control of keeping my brain doing what it should be doing and I'm just I don't want to bring anything else that changes, you know, my ability to be on top of it, you know? Makes sense. So yeah, it's pussy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Still thinking. Well, I'm also no, no, I'm I mean, I'm also <laughs> I'm also a, a a giant black dude. And I don't feel like there's a safe space for me to not be completely in control yeah, for sure. of my, you know, faculties and the way that I handle situations. I have You're the only giant black dude I've ever heard say that because most of them are high all the time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. These are all the ones I've met. I'm not trying to be stereotypical, but the other thing I think is like you're in control when you're on stage. So that mm-hmm. feels good. Mm-hmm. The thing you don't want is to be out of control. That's why you don't drink or smoke. Because mm-hmm. for me, I'm an alcoholic and an addict, so mm-hmm. I can't stop when I drink. Mm-hmm. I can't stop doing drugs when I drug. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, so that it's scary. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a lot of the time. Most of the times I've gone into hospitals is after, like, binges. Mm-hmm. You know, so that makes sense. And also, it's like... Uh, I think that hospital visit for you had a eye you know, opening. Yeah. Because that's terrifying. Yeah, yeah you lived in a horror movie for a few days. Yeah. I mean, that would, but, that would, that, that's like your version of Scared Straight. No, but it really, <laughs> you know what I mean? but so, so I really feel, all right, so, so I, I had this conversation because, like, I know some people now who have, like, in my family, we have teenagers, you know, right. that, not, that aren't me, that are, like, you know, have their own issues and struggles mm-hmm. and one of the things I'm always like man I would love to be able to take kids who have a great life that think they're depressed and drop them into one of those hospitals oh, me too. to be with kids that literally don't have control of their minds yeah. and because I just think because one of the things I wonder in our society is if we just humor people too much like if somebody's <laughs> like oh I'm feeling sad. And it's like, oh, really, pussy? Are you feeling sad? Because do you know what other people who, like, literally don't, like, their brains have a chemical imbalance to where they can't, like, I'm sure, I'm sure, because you said you're on medication on a regular basis. I don't, tell me if I'm wrong, from your perspective, if you see someone who's just, who doesn't have that struggle, be like, oh my god, you know, it's just so hard being this. And it's got to just be like, shut the fuck up. Like, no. you don't know. No? No. So You're for me, it's like, me. I have an extreme case of um, mental illness. Mm-hmm. Extreme case of bipolar, where mm-hmm. I've gotten into an insane amount of trouble legally. Uh, done a lot of damage mm-hmm. to people that I love. And, um, I mean, I, I have... I'm I have bipolar disorder and it's it's uh, devastating when it's not treated yeah, and I've been right? suicidal yeah I've been suicidal I've tried to kill myself mm-hmm. I've uh, you know have had depression that has been so overwhelming that I can't think of anything other than um, you know I don't want to be alive um, and but. I think it's kind of the opposite for me. I know how that feels. So, like, if someone has a sliver of that, or if I have empathy, and just because, like, I struggle more, and other people have struggled more than me, 
it's still like, and that's how I feel about you, is that even though you were in a hospital with people that were seriously mentally ill at a young age, you were still in a place where you are so sad at 11 years old that you were scraping a knife across your wrist. I mean, you were sad and you were, you, you were going through something. Mm-hmm. And I don't discredit what you were going through just because other people had it worse. I mean, I, I feel like you can do both. You can still be like, wow, those kids are seriously sick. Mm-hmm. But also, I'm sad. And I, I think because like I know how bad it feels to be in a dark place, um, and people there's so many reasons why someone can go into a dark place, and I just have a lot of sympathy for those people, and it's just so yeah I mean I don't know this is not the case for me I just feel like, and I don't know if seeing other people that are doing worse would actually help them I think. What helps is when you address your mental illness and you talk about it, you get to the bottom of it with a therapist, you go, you know, you... uh, Medicate if you you, need to. Yeah, you you at least explore medication if there is a serious chemical imbalance. And up until recently, I've made changes to my lifestyle, such like I work out four times a week because it helps, like, my anxiety tenfold. And I... You know, I do stuff like that and go to therapy and AA helps a lot. Like AA just outside of my alcoholism helps me stay centered. And um, it's like a killer program just to like kind of remove yourself from yourself, like being Mm -hmm. self-obsessed. So, yeah. I don't know. But also, I feel like like where you were asking him, like if you're if you ever like suck it up, pussy, you know, mm-hmm. that's a our generation thing, and like our generation and above, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? That's the mentality. Like you see somebody struggling, you know, like mm-hmm. just because I, I mean I, I grew up in the '80s, you know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. So if I was someone struggling, I'd have five guys at school be like, "You're a fucking pussy," you know, or something <laughs> like that, for real. Yeah, yeah, no. but like, that's but like is, today's yeah. generation is totally mm-hmm. different than that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, like below they, us, yeah. yeah, yeah. Everything below. Yeah. I don't know how. How thirty three? Okay, so you're still, you're yeah. yeah you're you're all yeah, you're older, older than, than me. me. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but I thought you were like twenty five. <laughs> she's like that's the age I usually. Yeah, she yeah, yeah. she's very t- well. That's what I'm saying. So like uh, like our generation is sort of the last generation, and maybe a little bit well, younger. And than us, we're but, Jamaican, so we're the the yeah. <laughs> we're a generation previous to yeah. But that's what I'm saying. Like to like my kids at school, like I mean, like if one of if one of their friends is like having real issues and struggling, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's never like straight up, hey pussy, you know, like suck it up bitch or mm-hmm. whatever. It's it's like, you know, hey man, like how, what are, what are you doing? How can I help? Like mm-hmm. it's a it's a lot the it's kids a lot are different. So nice it's, a, it's way different, yeah. man. Yeah. Like even like I gotta give you credit, Jimmy, for having to fucking grow up in uh in that environment. In the environment that I I know that I grew up in and like probably being different and an outsider a lot, and yeah. like being treated as such, and yeah, like, hard. and then like not wanting to kill yourself and shit. Like, I mean, I know you did, but I'm saying, but not because like it's tough, man. Like when you're an actual person with mental health issues, and then the whole world is like you're a fucking bitch, <laughs> you yeah. know, or whatever, yeah. or, you know, whatever they're doing at that time. Like that gets in your head too. Like maybe I am just being a bitch or whatever, right. you know. And instead, like you really have real fucking issues. 
and, and I hope your parents like recognized it early on and took you at a young age so you oh, maybe yeah. get some self-esteem about it. They did. <laughs> they they took they tried to help me as much as they could, but like at the time we didn't know what it was. I didn't and it was scary for me cuz I didn't know what what it was. Mm-hmm. Like I heard voices when I closed my eyes try to go to sleep. Mm-hmm. Um I had all this fucked up shit, but I didn't know what was happening to me. I was just in the dark. So mm-hmm. that was scary. And then what? how I dealt with it is I isolated a lot. And I just had like a couple friends. Mm-hmm. And then um, what helped me was I, I started making these... <laughs> I found like people that were kind of fucked up like I was, mm-hmm. anxiety-wise. Yeah. And we would make movies. I still have these movies. But we just got obsessed about making movies. Yeah. And we have, like, all these, like, hour-long movies that we made. And oh, really? So, like, every single day, come home, make these movies. Oh, that sounds fun. Yeah. And uh, they're really shitty. But they're funny. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, that so has to be a thing. Do you ever watch them? I have all the tapes. Um, I want to... You ever there's like those, there are those high eight tapes, mm-hmm. and I can't watch them because oh, you need a player. My my the old camcorder thing is broken. Mm-hmm. Not is it high eight? That's you know those little mini yeah little the mini tapes, tapes. Yeah. Yeah. Though, yeah and you have to slide them into a regular size VHS tape that has a little cutout. Yeah, like I don't that know kind of if you can do that. Yeah, you, you can. You can. You, you can buy. It's, you can, so yeah. they have they have oh. regular size VHS tapes that have like you remember like old tape decks how they fold out yeah. like that. So they have one of those built into the the tape oh my the God. VHS tape and you just slide it in like I gotta get one of those that and then be, stick you it have in a VCR. VHS player. I guess you can. I got buy one. Yeah. Yeah. You should even like. Digitize it. Yeah, I was gonna say because also that's what I want to do. Because again, if you ever, let's say you like blow up as a comic, right? Yeah, I, I'm, that's like or just blow a comic. <laughs> no, 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 no. I know where he's going. I feel like you're saying they're gonna be wor- if he blows up. But, but think about how cool people might want to see it. How yeah. cool the 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 Netflix documentary will be. It would be cool. where right, it's like right. a documentary about you, the and then and then the <laughs> and then the the extras from the documentary are just four hour long movies that you made when you yeah. were like in a manic state as a kid. Like, yeah, I know, right? Those would be some fucking amazing. Like, I would be the director. I would like. Um, I would tell I had like three of my friends, and mm-hmm. I would like tell them where to where to stand. Mm-hmm. I would, and then I had to edit in real time. Yeah, so, so like I had to pause. <laughs> you know? yes. and, like I had this one thing where they were having a conversation on. There's uh, two laptops, and they're going <laughs> back and forth typing to each other. Yeah. So like I had to. Record, record what that dude was saying. Pause. Go to the next. Pause. <laughs> go downstairs. Tape him. Stop. And I then love it. Go back upstairs. <laughs> and then look. I also had to like rewind to make sure it was stopped at the right, right time. Yeah. And then go back upstairs. So like eight different trips. It's just hard cuts too. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. It, wasn't, it wasn't like it was not, it's uh, not fluid at all. The sound There's is no different. Transition scene. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and then because there was only three of us. There would be scenes when it was the three of us in a scene, mm-hmm. so we would have to like do uh, <laughs> scenes with two people in it, uh, and then turn it. That person hold it and tape me. Yeah. And then if it was like the two of us, rotate and try to position ourselves. 
where we would be and then have that person film us. We got really creative. I was gonna say, so did you ever have a scene where it was the three of y'all and then just one of y'all just casually walks on? It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the end button. Yeah. <laughs> no, we would do that. Sometimes we'd set it up and then we'd have to press record yeah. and then all go to the spot and hope we were all in frame. <laughs> <laughs> and then go back and like record over the part of when we were running to set it up with yeah. some kind of b-roll where it didn't look weird well it's it's difficult too because like you're saying you're real real life editing so if you blow a take you got to rewind it exactly to the right spot yep. and then reset it and was do it all a again. pain in the ass <laughs> yeah. that's like the hardest way to make a movie possible <laughs> yeah. i love that like like this exact group of friends if they're into movies makes these like great Shitty, yeah. like his best friend was JJ Abrams. Yeah, <laughs> great shitty public access movies. Yeah, if this exact same group of friends are into guns, it's Columbine. Like, there's like this is that, yes, the we movies just found something because we were and we like terrorized the school in a different way. Like the way we got out of like feeling like outcast was like we would just kind of try to be funny, like. uh my friend James Wilding was like the funniest, still funny. He's in the grips of addiction right now. Um, but like we would do like st- stupid stuff. Like he would walk into a classroom that he wasn't in, mm-hmm. and he would just like stomp in and then sit on a in an empty desk and just put his hand, put his face in his hands <laughs> until the teacher was like, "What are you doing in this class?" And he would lift his head up. Go! Oh my God! And then run out. Of the <laughs> Classic. Yeah, yeah. Just like stuff to entertain ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. And we would pick on. There was like, the most popular kid in school, mm-hmm. and we would just pick on him like as a joke, <laughs> like, and just like, and but he he had a good sense of humor about it. But oh, like, good. it was fun, and and then, um, we me and James went to college together. Mm. And we just fell apart in college. Just yeah. we started smoking nonstop, and just we were both depressed. And I started drinking heavily, mm. and oh, it's a mess. But those those guys was C- Cody and James and me, and then eventually like this guy Steve Williams would join our videos. Sometimes <laughs> he was like the. Like the uh, Joey Bishop of the Rat Pack, eventually, <laughs> you know, coming in sometimes. Yeah. But boy, those were the, yeah, just having a vice of creativity. But also ha- having an outlet that's like healthy. Yeah. And yeah, and not and and with a group of friends that are like, like know right. your struggle. You know. What yeah, I mean? we were all like just fucked up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I gotta run, but you guys, you know, keep doing your thing. <clears throat> Go to a meeting. You want to plug anything? Uh, just my asshole. All right. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, Come over here and sit on my yeah. lap. <laughs> every, every Tuesday. Every Tuesday at Pineapples. Yes. And uh, the 17th. The 17th. At uh, Beachside Retro. All right. 17th right. at Beachside Retro. See you guys. Thank you, Jamie. Later, man. Love y'all. <laughs> Love you, too. Love you, too. <laughs> Thank you. What? Uh. Oh, I was uh, I was listening 
Well, oh, first off, this is what I was going to say. Uh, my comedy dream from earlier, <laughs> like, loop back around <laughs> the conversation. Never got your dream. Never got mine. I just want to be, uh, like, a touring headliner. That's it. I don't mm. care where I'm at. I, I don't care if I'm a road dog. Like, I, it doesn't really matter to me. That's, like, I'm not in a hurry to get there, mm-hmm. but that's where I want to be. Yeah. You know? It's a simple answer, but... That's that's kind of like what I want to honestly. If I like we, <laughs> I want to be Devin Siebel. Yeah, I want to have a guy who's a or I want to be a guy who's got a. Well, that's a lot more than a touring headliner. That's true. That's true. I, but <laughs> I mean, I guess ultimately that's what I want to do because I want to be able to tour and make money stand up. You know, yeah. stand up, but not have that as my sole income. Mm-hmm. You know, like have a, a diversified revenue stream. Yeah. To get smart with it, yeah. <laughs> you know? but yeah. So I mean, you were saying on the like the last podcast y'all mm-hmm. did, like uh, rich people have seven forms of, of yeah. uh, income, you, like know, it, you know. So I, I don't know what it'll be or what the whole vision is because like mm-hmm. I'm still new enough at this where mm-hmm. like my vision kind of changes as it goes. Like I said, like I, I like I had goals just for the first year of doing comedy that I I hit all of them in like the first four months. Mm-hmm. So then it's like. I don't know if I just set my goals too easy or if I just, like, you know, like, figured it mm-hmm. out a little quicker than some people do. I, I don't know. You a little know, bit it, of both. Yeah, I think it is a little yeah. bit of both, you know. Um, so now my my goalposts shift, you know, yeah. and that's kind of how it's just going to happen until I'm where I want to be. Yeah. You know, it's just just setting small goals to get to bigger goals, and eventually I'll, that'll happen so many times that I'll be exactly where I want to be. Yeah. But you know what's funny is I was talking to Rudy. Like, him and I went into a show uh, – Bull and Bush, like, I don't know, two or three weeks ago. And uh, on the way there, Rudy and I were kind of having the same conversation. And mm-hmm. I was like, I was like, uh, he, you know, he asked me, I was like, I want to be a headliner. I was like, no, dude, I am going to be a headliner. Like, yeah. I'm going to fucking do it. I had yeah. the, all this, like, vibrato. Like, I was like, hell yeah, I'm going <laughs> to fucking do this. And then him and I went and did a show. And, that, like, once you're already, like, kind of feeling yourself, and yeah. then you go do really well at a show, yeah. and you're like, fuck yeah. yeah. You know? <laughs> like, hell yeah. But then uh, what's funny is, like, this last week was, like, the the worst week I've had doing comedy. Not yeah. not that I had bad shows. I actually bombed Moon Room the last time I did it, though, yeah. so, which is weird because I was on a streak of about eight or nine sets there where yeah. I, I did really well. Mm. And then I bombed Moon Room. And then, uh, but just this last week, I, I literally only got up, I, I hosted the Sunday mic, you know, Beachside Retro, and then I got up at Rooney's that night, and mm. that's, that's all I did that week. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? But for some reason, man, I just was like, I was feeling down on fucking comedy. You know, mm-hmm. I know it ebbs and flows, but, and it's not like I was like, I'm gonna fucking quit this shit or anything yeah. like that. It was nothing like that. Oh, yeah. It was just like, I don't know, man. I was like feeling down on myself. I haven't written anything that I've liked in, in about a month. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I've written tons of jokes. I just haven't liked any of them. Mm-hmm. So like, it's sort of like, uh, where like before it was like, maybe like one in 10 jokes that I was like, oh, I love this one. I'm gonna do this on stage. Mm-hmm. Like I've literally probably written like 60 jokes in the last month and hate all of them, mm-hmm. you know? And I don't know if it's a, uh, if it's just like me not being ready to do those type, those, that joke yet, mm-hmm. or, you know, I need to get better at writing to make it funny or whatever. Mm-hmm. I just feel like I'm in this weird spot that I'm not like, I'm not really happy with what I'm saying on stage. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like. I mean, I have a good five or seven minutes that I'm uh, I'm comfortable with, but I'm not happy with it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And I don't know if that's all. I, again, I don't know if this is like I've just said these jokes so much that I'm bored with it, mm-hmm. or if I just don't like those jokes. You know? Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to write cleaner material because I want to do hosting spots at like mm-hmm. comedy clubs. You yeah. know what I mean? And I don't want to have just like 
pedophile material. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I don't want to have like really fucked up premises. You know, I yeah. want I want like I'll save those for like open mics and shit like that. Yeah. You know, or like. Yeah. pineapple showcase like stuff yeah. like that you know but for like I want to have like more of a buttoned up set for when I do when I host you know mm-hmm. and I have the hardest time writing cleaner material yep like I, I mean so if if yeah. I say one out of every ten jokes works for me mm-hmm. you know it, like so one in ten right yeah. they're all dirty mm-hmm. right for clean jokes it's like one in a hundred yeah, uh, jokes that I write is like a good clean joke, and I really like. I don't know how many jokes I've written, but I have like two clean jokes. Well, here's, <laughs> the, so. here's the weird thing that you gotta. Two things. Number one, so I had a, I had an experience. So this this past week, I did two shows that I I, I call really good, mm-hmm. but they weren't anything spectacular. Yeah, um, I did. The first night, which was was that Thursday, mm-hmm. right? I did a up in Vieira. I did the clubhouse for like an apartment complex. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just me. <laughs> I was did a. I was supposed to do. I was supposed to do an hour. I did fifty minutes. Mm-hmm. But it was. Um, which clubhouse was this? Um, that is an hour though. By the yeah, but but well, here's what <laughs> happened. Here's what happened. So it's, it's by the avenues. So there's like a big, a big, huge apartment. Oh yeah, by yeah, the yeah. avenues. Um, but I get there, and number one, there's no microphone, so I'm just in their clubhouse like acapella. Oh. Right, and there's a and I feel like such an idiot because I have this JBL party box, mm-hmm. the the one that was in that's in here sometimes, mm-hmm. and it has a microphone. And I forgot that I had it in the trunk of my car. Mm. I could have literally just set it on the counter, and I'd have had a microphone the whole night. Yeah. But I just forgot that it was there. So I get there, and it's literally like there's the there's the counter where they would normally put all of like the, you know, uh, I don't know when the caterer comes and they put all the food there. Mm. So I'm behind the counter. Okay. With no microphone, it looked like it like a like a you know in the in the, the morning news. Yeah. Be like the cooking person will come. That's what I was going to say. That's exactly what it looked like. Yeah, that's what I imagined. And I'm looking out on a room with maybe 20 people in it. And, yes. out, of, <laughs> and out of those 20, five are children. Mm-hmm. So, that's a nightmare, man. Yeah. So, so this is why it's good that you're trying to write the new material now. Yeah. Because I had to figure out, the only reason why I didn't do an hour was because I was basically doing all of my material and modifying it, like, in real time in my head as I'm performing. Yeah. And I was just running out of stuff that I could modify Yeah. that I could talk about to kids. You know, there's only so much you can take a... A, a gay a joke about you know you know someone being trans or someone being yeah you know or you know me being fat and getting tired of having sex like there's only so much you can modify that type really of stuff you're like I'm really it. tired fat working out <laughs> it just doesn't you know so I was just running out of stuff and instead of starting to really push the envelope and risk upsetting some of the parents mm-hmm. I just cut it at fifty which was fine because I did. The vast majority of the hour, That's an hour. but um, I mean to do that it, again acapella just in front of like so the thing is it's funny was people when they say like when new comics are like oh I have thirty minutes yeah 
It's like no, you no. can fill 30 minutes in the ideal scenario. Yeah. But to have 30 minutes means if I put you up in a horrible situation where you're struggling to get any laughs mm-hmm. and you're fighting through it, can you then fill 30 minutes? And at that point, you have 30 minutes, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so that was that one. So I think definitely work on the clean material because you never know. Dude, it's the I've been dropped into so many shows now mm-hmm. where people just bring their kids. It's so weird. Like people, I don't know where, and, and your parents, maybe you can tell me. I feel like society has gotten to this place where people feel like people don't feel like there should be a separation between kids and between adults. kids things and adult things. And I'm like, I don't understand where people get in their head why they keep wanting to bring their kids to a comedy show. Like when I was when I was in middle school, my dad brought me, but the understanding was, I'm the one that brought my kid mm-hmm. to a comedy show. Therefore, whatever gets said. My kid hears it. It is what it is. People now have this thing where I'm going to bring my kid to something that's normally an adult thing, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to get mad if they say an adult thing on stage. Yeah. There's no way. All right. So my... Uh, all my jokes that I write about my kids, I tell them. Mm-hmm. You know, they they both are on my Instagram, so mm-hmm. I'm sure they see that shit too. You know yeah. what I mean? So they they know it. You know, yeah. uh, my youngest one, I would I wouldn't take her. Yeah. You know, she's mm-hmm. she, I don't think she would be offended, but she's she's 12. It's you know just, what I mean? Yeah. And it's just it would be weird. You yeah. know, but like I hosted not I I hosted Beachside two weekends in a row, but mm-hmm. the first one I did. Like halfway through the show, my 16 year old daughter came in with her boyfriend. All right. And just sat down. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, it, but she has a really good sense of humor. Yeah. I've actually tried to get her to come do, do Time, station because yeah. I think she'd be good at it, yeah. you know? And, but that'd anyway. be adorable. I would, I would, <laughs> oh my God. Like Nate, what's Nate Wall? Is it Nate Wallace? And his kid is, I don't know if you know oh, him, no. Nate Wallace. That sounds familiar. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. big guy, white yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His son is doing stand up. Okay, Nate's yeah. really funny. So this yeah. kid should be. Yeah. So, so she came in though, and it was like towards the end of the show. Yeah. Like there was only like maybe three or four comics left, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and this guy was on stage, and he does nobody. Nobody's met my kids. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you've actually met. Yeah. One, one I think one of my one, kids, yeah. my youngest one. Yeah. But nobody's met my oldest one, so nobody knew. Yeah. Even though she came right up and hugged me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then, and then went and sat like... down. Yeah. And so, uh, but there's there's a comic on stage, and he's kind of drunk, and he's mm-hmm. just like, blah blah blah, pussy this, blah blah, <laughs> you know. And then he looks straight at my kid, and he goes, "What kind of porn do you like?" Oh no. <laughs> and she goes, "My dad's right over there." <laughs> and he didn't know that she was pointing at me. He thought she was pointing at the guy who runs the record store. Yeah. yeah. And so he just kind of like didn't keep going, but yeah. he was still just like, wah, wah, you know. Yeah. And at, at no point was yeah. I like offended that he was saying that stuff. Not yeah. only that, there's a uh, there's a comic who has a joke mm-hmm. that I tried to give him a tag for because it's such a fucking good tag. Like I love <laughs> it. It's such a good joke. I almost I almost like did the joke as just the tag yeah. and just like describe him as a friend instead yeah. of. A fo- but his premise for the joke is so it's like specific. Mm-hmm. 
and it's not a premise that a lot of people have. So, yeah. so for me to do the it would joke, feel like stealing. Yeah, yeah. It, it feels a little too like mm. close. Yeah, but he he won't do the tag. It's <laughs> fucking. It's a great tag. So now he only, <laughs> he's personally I, I'm upset. Not, I, I'm not normally like one where I'm like I wrote the fucking funniest joke. You know, it's not. I'm not. I'm, I'm not that guy normally. But yeah. this is a really good one. And uh, I and so now the only time it ever gets done is if I'm doing a show where I'm on the same show as him and yeah. he does that bit. Do before you bully me. him into doing it when? No, 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 but, but it's one. He's he's new, so he only has like you know five or seven minutes. So if we if we go on a stage, like he's gonna do his yeah. best jokes, and that he's yeah. got a good joke for it. But it's such a fucking weird premise that like if I go up after him, I even if I go up five comics, eight, eight seven comics later, I can still be like, did y'all hear about? Did y'all hear that one comic say this? You know, yeah. and then everybody like, kind of starts laughing, and yeah. then I I say that. Bam, and it's like I mean I've done it two or three times after. So it's a joke he can only do when he's there. I, only when he's there. <laughs> honestly, that's when I'm comfortable doing it anyway. Because yeah, yeah. then yeah. I, it, it's 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 more you know at least it's getting said because I such you just like need it out in the so world. Good. Fucking love it, you know. <laughs> and uh, it, it, and so I'll t- I'll tell I don't want to give like dude this guy's material. So yeah. but uh, I'll tell you guys afterwards. Yeah. It's it's just funny. Yeah. I, I love it. But uh, I did that, and it's a it's dirty. It's really dirty right away. You yeah. know what I mean? And I did that joke in front of my kid Mm -hmm. you know and it was I mean it was me saying like something you know and she died you know what I mean she thought it was fucking hilarious so I don't know I'm kind of like if I brought a kid to a comedy show I'd be more like your dad like you're gonna hear what you're gonna hear you know what I mean I'm not gonna tell go around and tell these people like don't don't do your material because like my everyone's life has to stop because you chose to yeah, bring yeah, it. Yeah, 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 like fuck that. People are like that. It's and, weird. And not only that, if somebody was like, you know, heckling her from the stage or whatever, yeah. I wouldn't be like a, oh, I got to go into dad mode and protect my yeah. kid. Like, all right, well, you sat up front. Yeah. <laughs> was, like, that's your fault. And what's weird is like, they don't, like, like some people are so, uh, it's interesting what, what like the public thinks differently from like what like a comic would think. Because people will go, Oh, like you're on in five, but just so you know, there's some kids out there, so don't like, so just make sure it's clean. Like, as oh. though, like, you can just write. Material. Yeah, as <laughs> though every comic just has a whole clean act. Yeah, <laughs> which is which is frustrating because most comics don't. But when you get to the stage where you want to be working, you got to be able to at least because, like, to me, if if they put you to headline something. You can get away with doing 45 minutes, mm. but that is, you better do at least 45 minutes. Yeah. R- really, an hour is what you're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's why I was so happy I squeaked through at 50 minutes without, like, upsetting. I think I, I, did, I did 50 minutes, and the worst word, I, I think I said bullshit once. And that was, I think I said ass a couple of times. Mm-hmm. And then I just tried to keep the subject matter away from, like, anything. Um, well, I, I had the same feeling when I did Judd's show, because I was worried that I needed to be, like, yeah. cleaner than normal. Mm-hmm. And I have, like, a couple of jokes that are, like, yeah. pretty fucked up. So yeah. I, I, did, I omitted those. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but I what gave me more confidence is, like, I saw Duncan had done, like, he did the New Year's Eve shows. Yeah. There, and, I mean... I don't know if Duncan has clean sets or not. <laughs> every time I've seen him, he it's like, fuck, 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 you know, yeah. which is fine. But yeah. I was like, okay, well, if he's if he's going up and doing two shows, yeah. you know, and, with Judd and yeah. with his type of material, I was like, yeah. okay, well, it's not going to be so bad if I'm, like, saying cuss words or yeah. porn or OnlyFans or whatever, yeah. you know. So, uh, 
But yeah, so I just, like I said, I just had to admit like two jokes yeah. that they just make me look horrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, as I, I've, I've intent, like uh, there's one of the jokes that I love and it's one of my favorite jokes that I do, but it's, it just makes me look horrible. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And, and even like when I do the setup for it, it's like, it gets gasps. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And then normally I get relief in the punchline. Yeah. Know, I've talked about this yeah, yeah. before, but normally I get like relief in the punchline and laughter. You yeah. know what I mean? Uh, but it's still like, it's too risky for yep. shows where I'm trying to like, get not impressed, back. but yeah. like, yeah, get invited back. Like, I don't want somebody going like, ooh, <laughs> you yeah. know, like, and so I, I omitted those. Yeah. And I'm also trying to write, like I said, write around mm-hmm. stuff like that. Like, because yeah. as much as I want to go for like, what I think is the funniest thing, mm-hmm. like it might, it might be too far, yeah. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like because you know it's like when you're when you're comics and you're like in the hang, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like people are saying fucked up stuff, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, like that's worst. just that's, yeah, yeah, it's like the worst <laughs> shit imaginable. And so like I almost feel like if you're doing like that kind of material where you're saying the worst thing, mm-hmm. you're really just doing it for the comics, yeah, you know what absolutely. I mean? Absolutely, because the audiences don't want to hear yeah. about you know shitting on people and stuff yeah. like I, I, I'm, that's an example yeah. but I'm just saying they don't no. want to hear yeah, yeah. like super nasty shit or about yeah. like sexual you know assault yeah. or yeah. anything like that like they they want to have a good time yeah. and if you're putting that kind of shit into their yeah. mind they're like fuck <laughs> a lot of audiences also the other thing that I think a lot of comics don't take into account mm-hmm. a lot of times you're working comedy clubs People are sitting down at a meal. Yeah, yeah. When you're on stage, yeah, and you're like, like, I was fucking this girl in the ass, and then shit was flying everywhere, and somebody's literally sitting there with like a steak in front of them. Mm -hmm. Like I did. um, So the other show that I did was I did Vasani's. I don't know if you ever heard of Vasani's. I saw it on your Instagram. Yeah, it is beautiful. It is. It's probably. Is that North Florida? Um, it is. It's Southwest Coast, so okay. Port Charlotte. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. 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 But um, I hosted for Bobby Collins. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, that's cool, man. So he's yeah. He's, I remember his like when I because I, I was like I don't know who that is, and then I saw you post photos with him, yeah. and I was like oh shit, I remember like like I feel like he had Comedy Central stuff way back in the day, like, like the decades, yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah, in the early yeah. night. Like I remember yeah. seeing. I was like, all right, I definitely yeah. have seen that guy yeah. do comedy, and he's the cool. He's the coolest guy. He's, yeah. Talking shit the whole time. Yeah. Um, he's just a lot of fun. But he's... What was cool was, number one, like I said, the room is really nice. But I haven't hosted in so long. Uh-huh. That, not that I haven't hosted, because I've hosted, like, pineapples. But I haven't... And this is not being a dick, but, like, I haven't hosted anything that's mattered. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, in yeah. so long that I was like, holy shit, like, how do I even do this? Because, like... What people don't realize, a lot of like newer people don't realize that the feature spot yeah. is the easiest thing in a comedy club. Yeah, by you're, far. You're already set up. Yep. And then the the pressure's on the headliner. Yeah. So, so the feet. I mean, a feature. You just come in and you just try and tear the roof off the place. Yeah. For twenty five minutes, thirty minutes, and then you're done. Mm-hmm. As a as a host, you have to make the announcements. Remember the announcements. Mm-hmm. Remember about five to ten minutes of your material Mm -hmm. while not forgetting the credentials and the name Mm -hmm. of the feature that you're about to bring up Mm -hmm. because i've fucked that up before yeah i freaked out thinking i forgot the name i was like i hope this is it (laughs) 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 and 
and I'm there before, like, I yeah. get up, like, okay, it's this, it's this, he did this, he did this, and this, like, yep. but then you do your jokes, and then... And then it's, by the time you get done with your material, it's gone out of your yeah. brain, yeah. I've done... Do you hear how bougie he was? It's like, I haven't hosted anything that matters, like, yeah. And then see, last I episode, Ash Cash was like, I hosted host the panel, she was so I've never hosted that, that's super fun to do, and he's like, like, fuck y'all and your little jobs. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Sit on your fucking face. I'm a baby, I'm a baby comic, so here's I'll, I'll what take I, here's the what I, Me too. Here's what I mean by that. <laughs> We're just Because it, it, it didn't pay. Right? Yeah. So it doesn't pay, but they do give you food, and the food of the sign is Pineapples incredible. Pineapples paid. Right? Yeah, yeah. But here's the thing. No big deal. It was my first time in a long time driving three hours to go somewhere to do an unpaid spot with and the mission is do so well that you get invited back. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that's just a different. Did you get invited back? Yes. Awesome. So I got, as a feature. Yeah, yeah, as a feature. Nice. So I'm gonna be featuring there in the future coming up or whatever. Hell yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's a and, and like what I loved about watching Bobby Collins and what I I realized again going back to like the what is your dream life as a comic sort mm-hmm. of thing. Bobby Collins had. It was like 250 people there, mm-hmm. and it was like an off night for him. Mm. And was Bob- it not? Was it packed? Yeah, it was, it was standing room only. Okay, yeah. And he was just like, "Yeah, I mean, I was down here doing this theater, you know, three thousand person theater. I was doing a fifteen hundred person okay, theater over here, and I figured I'd make some extra money. I came over here and yeah. sell this out real quick. He's and, doing a door deal. Yeah, he's just doing a door deal. Come and you know, make an extra, make some extra money or whatever. He has, he has a." Um, he has a place in New York, and he has a place in Los Angeles. Yeah. And he's like, when I'm on the East Coast, I come down, I do shows, I fly back, spend the weekend in New York. But that door fly. deal probably made him four, four or five grand. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like- <laughs> so, I mean, but, and just the way, the and, and he's different because, I mean, he's literally been a, a high level. So, a, one of his, um, one of his credentials is that he's been on all three versions of The Tonight Show. Mm-hmm. That's like cool. from <laughs> all the, from all the way back, yeah. And Johnny Carson, yeah, Johnny. Like to somebody that went and sat down at the couch with Johnny Carson, yeah. and mm-hmm. he's still a working comic. Yeah, is insane. Mm-hmm. But what's so cool about, and I I noticed this is that like people every time I work with like Jimmy J J Walker is kind of the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, is just he's so deep into it mm-hmm. that he can show up anywhere. The room will be packed. He does his act. He's going to get laughs. Mm-hmm. He's going to make, you know, thousands of dollars just because he decided to come do this small place on a whim. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. I mean, for, like, for me, I'm in Vasani's. I'm like, damn, this is, a like, a beautiful club down here. And even while he was on stage, he made this joke. And he's like, you know, I travel all over the country. I do this theater. I do that theater. And, you know, some nights I do a little shithole in Port Charlotte, like and, like on stage, <laughs> and the audience, like of course, loves it. Yeah, but it's to get to that place where you like. I mean, that is somebody who's in control of his life. Mm-hmm. You know, he's built it to a point where. Do I want to go make ten grand this weekend? Nah, why not? Yeah. Or if I don't, I'll stay in bed. How many shows did he do at that place? Um, I I think he did three. I only hosted one, but I think he did three. That's pretty good. But man. again, three sold, sold out, out. two hundred fifty. So, so seven hundred and fifty tickets sold. Yeah, in Port Charlotte, Florida. Yeah, like on the side of a highway. At like, like it's the craziest. I mean, when you get there, mm-hmm. it's not in the middle of like a city. It's a small kind of 
it's not a small town, but it's like it's a small city. It looked like a nice little room, though. It's like it's a beautiful room. Yeah. But again, to be able to just seven hundred. I mean, if I if I book somewhere and there's fifty people, I'm like fantastic. Yeah. And seven hundred and fifty people everywhere he goes nonstop without. He did. He wasn't doing radio. He wasn't doing TV ads. Mm. You know, it's just, to, to get to that point is just. A beautiful thing to see it, and he's he's uh seventy one. Damn, and he's just wow. yeah, he's just been touring the country. All right, let me ask you a question. Yeah, is your do you want you want to die with a microphone in your hand, dude? Like, is that is that the way to go? Like you know, there's a couple no. of guys that have died on stage. Are just no, like no, I, no. I told my last no, joke. No, no. <laughs> you know, I actually I'm I'm such a psycho. Yeah, that I like daydream. That's why I was like I was like I want to hear everybody else's like launcher because yeah. I have. You got your death plan. <laughs> I, have, well, like, I have my career. Like, like I specifically want to do this in twenty years. Yeah. Right. Um, now, I, I I would love to get to the point where, like, I think, like, one of the reasons why I think Dave Chappelle is so like amazing mm-hmm. was, yes, he had like other specific reasons for quitting, but I think the fact that at the height of his career. Mm-hmm. The reason why a lot of comics then become hacky and kind of break down mm-hmm. is because they stay in that moment mm-hmm. and keep just putting out stuff at volume. Yeah. And they, like, you're a human being. You're going to run out of shit. But if you stay in that window where, like, I'm at the top of my career and I'm just going to keep pounding out specials, yeah. it eventually is going to. I think the fact that Dave took time off. Yeah. He was able to come back at a higher level than yeah. people thought was even, you know, possible. So no, I fully intend to get to a point where, you know, I prove what I want to prove, and then go to Africa, and then I. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Potentially, <laughs> yeah, you know, take um, a break. Yeah, and then once I get, which which is why I'm like I'm really rushing really heavily right now mm-hmm. because I want to when I have kids. Mm-hmm. To be able to pull back a little bit. That's that's um, tough, man. Yeah. Because, like, y- you right now have less momentum than you're going to have yeah. a year from now. And yeah. then a year after that, it's going to be more momentum and more momentum yeah. and more momentum. And there's never going to be a right time for you to have kids. Yeah. And, like, like that video you played with Bert and, and yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, what's his name? Chris, uh, Chrissy D. Yeah. Like, dude, that's going to be you, man. Yeah. Like, 100%, there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. Like if you're if you choose this life, yeah. But here's the thing. Oh, see, man. see, he you're he, gonna you're gonna rationalize this. He doesn't wrong. understand how deep I'm getting into this. All right. So now, well, now he's a parent. So he's gonna be able to tell me I'm a fool. But <laughs> um, I uh, so my my wife's a nurse. Yeah. And she's now finishing up school to be a nurse practitioner. Okay. So our goal is eventually for her to get to a point where so like you know how you can do like telehealth yeah. where like you can yeah, just, just do virtual visits yeah. Um, they want you as a nurse practitioner to have experience before they let you do that. Yeah. So her goal is to work for a few years as a nurse practitioner, gain that experience so that she can work from home. Yeah. I have a shed. Uh We have like this shed in our backyard that Uh I want to have torn down and rebuilt into like a home office. Okay. Right? Yeah. So that it's physically not in the building of the house. So that when we do have children, it can be like we hire a babysitter the babysitter's in the house, and you can physically leave the house yeah. and go to a different building, lock the door, and do your thing, mm-hmm. right? Um, and if we can get to that point, 
where she's doing telehealth three days a week. Mm-hmm. And those days are like maybe a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And I'm a comic. My whole life happens Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Mm-hmm. I'll buy a bus, you know, or, you know, whatever, yeah. you know, it takes to try and. But again, that's for f- the first four years of your kid's life. Yeah. And then unless they're going to homeschool and that kind yeah. of stuff, like, but even that comes with its own problems, you know what yeah. I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, then they're going to start going to school and then it's going to be stationary for your wife and your kid mm-hmm. for until they graduate high school. And there'll be, tr- you know, it's weekend shit. So like there'll yeah. be times where they can come with you and hang yeah. out and that kind of stuff. But ultimately mm-hmm. it's going to be a separation. Like once you get to a point where you're consistently headlining, it's going to yeah. be a separation, man. Like, yeah. I mean, it's no, there's no, there's, you can plan a yeah. thousand ways a Sunday yeah. and you might have years where you're talking, you're going to be able to do exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. But I'm telling you, once that kid gets to school age, yeah. even if you have them in homeschool and shit like that, yeah. they're going to be, they're going to, they're going to want to be stationary in one spot yeah. so that they can make friends, so they can mm-hmm. socialize, so they can do all that kind of shit. Yeah. And if you're dragging your kid all over the country, it's, I mean, it's, Mm-hmm. It's cool, yeah. But ultimately, like, it's it's you're gonna run your 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 wife is probably gonna be the one that goes, hey, you know what? Maybe we shouldn't go on this run, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, or whatever. Well, my thing is, I think I think healthy is if they go on maybe a third of it, yeah. And then, but that's sometimes I'm home, uh-huh. and then so you know, a third of the time I'm just home, yeah. A third of the time, Monday, they Tuesday, come. Wednesday, you're gonna be home, yeah. Well, no, no, no. I'm talking about like. Like, you don't tour all year. Like, I was talking to Bobby Collins, Mm -hmm. and he's on the road 200 days a year. Right, but Bobby Collins is like, like, he can can sell 750 tickets in Port Charlotte. Yeah, I know. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Yeah. Like, you're, even, maybe if you get to, like, by year 10, you're at, like, Devin Seagull's level, where you have, like, a super good income from social media, and then comedy is is uh, still your focus, but yeah. you're able to just, like, book a theater here and, you know, a, yeah. a headlining spot here, like that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. You're not relying on the comedy income. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's still what you want to do. It's your passion, and you're able to get out and do crazy stuff. Yeah. But your ultimate income is coming from the social media. Yeah. If you're not in that position and you're yeah. just the the headlining comic, it's every. I mean, you're not. Yeah. You might have like four weekends a year off. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, total. Yeah. Because that's your money maker. Yeah. And once you get momentum, you're not gonna want to be like, oh, well, I'm only gonna work two weekends this month because because I like I know if it was me, I, I would want, I'm gonna be out every fucking weekend. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, I'm gonna be making as much money as possible because as soon as you start putting the the brakes on it, mm-hmm. that's when your momentum stops. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And then you're you can still build to where you want to be, but it's just gonna be slower and slower and slower. Where like yeah. right now, you're picking up traction and picking up traction. And you're meeting mm-hmm. the right people. You're you're knowing the right people. Eventually, you're gonna get into the headlining spots that you want to be a part of. And and then once you get all the headlining spots in Florida that you want to get, then you're going into the southeastern region and then yeah. the east coast and then the entire country mm-hmm. and then worldwide. And yeah. so, like, at no point does it get smaller. Yeah. <laughs> it only gets bigger and bigger and bigger. I'm yeah. not trying to be, like, the yeah. guy. I just want, to, want you to yeah, really, yeah. really know yeah. that it's going to be me and you on this podcast <laughs> in, in 15 years and yeah. we're both going to be talking about how we missed a bunch of shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. just like them, yeah. <laughs> as fucked up as that is, it's yeah. that's that's the reality of it. Yeah. This is an isolating job. Eventually, you yeah. know. Right now, it's fun because we're we're all hanging out and 
you know ash and i do open mics a lot and mm-hmm. so like it's a it's a group hang and it's a good time and stuff like that mm-hmm. but i mean once you get just a few steps above where we're at like mm-hmm. it's all alone yeah. you can't afford to take people out on the road with you so you're yeah. by yourself mm-hmm. you might be able to take a guy to uh, uh guest spot or something yeah. like that you know mm-hmm. but ultimately you know that's if you're going a few hours away but if you're going to nashville or something like that you're, yeah. you're kind of stuck with whoever they got there and yeah. They might be a fucking asshole, and so you're you're in the hotel all weekend because you don't want to hang out with the fucking feature that the club yeah. hired. You know, like, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I thought about it a lot. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if that tells you. So, Ash, what are your thoughts on? Where yeah. it's gonna, she's looking at us like. Um. Well, you guys were talking about like the whole road comic thing, and that's I didn't leave that out. Just oh, am I not? No, no, I was pointing no, to the the road. That's comic. the name of my thing. Yeah, yeah. Or <laughs> she's like, I mean, being on the road, yeah. but yeah, because I actually was at an RV show like a couple weeks ago. Because that's something mm-hmm. that I do eventually want to do is get hell yeah an yeah. RV, like buy a house, get settled in there, but then rent that out just mm-hmm. and then just live because it's just me. Mm-hmm. I don't even have like a pet or anything, so. Mm-hmm. But then I also think, like, will that be too isolating? But, mm-hmm. but how, I don't. what's, like, do you plan on, like, having a family and getting married and all that stuff eventually? I don't. I don't you want plan kids. About, plan about year? I don't want kids, but, I mean, it would be nice to have mm-hmm. a guy or a girl or just, yeah. you know. you like a I life know. partner. I get lonely sometimes, yeah. but, you know, I'm not in a rush or... I wouldn't say a rush. I'm just not. I'm just saying you know, if I find somebody, I find somebody. Well, it's good because if you're not wanting to have kids, <laughs> yeah, there is no rush. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. Exactly. You just find things at your own pace. You mm-hmm. know, because like as a woman, there's like you're you, you only have like this bubble of time to have yeah. have kids. So mm-hmm. if you, I mean, I'm running out of time. So this, if that's I, what I mean. Like I, you know, I, I feel like I'm <laughs> the for, guy who's like, thanks for reminding. Yeah, that's right. You're getting old and dry. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a giant 60 minutes clock. Like... <laughs> no, but uh, but yeah, so if that's not yeah. like the focus, then yeah, you can. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's great. Yeah. Like that's the ideal situation because then you're only relying on yourself. You're not relying on anybody financially. It's yeah. just your your money. Like, hell yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, our RV life, I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. They looked really, they have some really nice ones. Like, yeah. pull, like the ones that you, the ones, the ones are... you pull behind are. Oh, the ones Yeah, those behind. were, because yeah. I'd probably get like a big truck or yeah. the mm-hmm. new, like the Gladiator Jeep, because I love Jeeps. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And those are ranging between like, for nice ones, like 30 to 50, 60,000. Oh, like okay. a two-bedroom. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, so why get the two bedroom? Huh? Why get the two bedroom? I want a place for my office. Ah, uh, mm-hmm. okay. Excuse me. Because when I I started thinking, this wasn't like a comedy related thing. This was oh, always like a life. Yeah. yeah. So I needed like at that mm-hmm. like I'm remote right now, but mm-hmm. I'm not like super remote. So yeah. I eventually wanted to get like a. I eventually wanted to start my own business. So it's like I have a lot of things going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and the business had nothing to do with comedy. Mm-hmm. Comedy is, So it's just like I'm at a point where I have to figure out what do I really want to do. Here's the scam. I right, really want to do. Here's the here's the thing. And this is I'm all about this. And, and hopefully mm-hmm. everybody gets on this type of mission. Yeah. Because I really think like this Devin Siebold sort of model is that's where makes a lot of sense yeah. like, moving forward. More than the Adam Murray one. Yeah, as much as I like Adam Murray, <laughs> I think that he is in a. I think he's he's in a lane where it's it's part luck, part skill. Uh-huh. And he and he's put a lot of a lot of skill a into it. Decade of <laughs> yeah. yeah training into it. But no matter, you could be the best actor in the world. Just still, it's still yeah, luck. Yeah. It's yeah. a little. It's like ten percent luck. Yeah. Uh-huh. But. 
I don't know. Well, I'm sure you know because you were looking into it. Mm-hmm. The the Black Girl RV Life YouTube I've thing heard of, yeah. is a whole thing. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And most of them, because my wife, my wife watches it all the time. And mm-hmm. I'm like, she's secretly planning to divorce me, cash out of the house, mm-hmm. buy an RV, and then just live her life away from me. <laughs> That's her plan. That's why she's obsessed with these YouTube channels. But... There are, because it's kind of the same thing as what I'm trying to do with this road comic thing, mm. where there's so many people on YouTube reviewing cars. So I could be an RV person and do exactly, comedy. because what's what's different about what I'm trying to do mm-hmm. is I'm a comic, and the fact that I'm a comic ties into mm-hmm. the reviewing the car thing. Yeah. So it's it's two things, and I I would hope, and as I start to release these, we'll see that. I can be more compelling and more interesting at reviewing cars than the average person because I'm a comic, right? So your situation now, it's like, well, yes, I'm the black girl RV life, but I also have a reason for doing this, Mm -hmm. and that's because I'm a comic. Mm -hmm. And this week, me and my RV are going to such and such comedy show. Come see me at the show. And it's a whole thing. Mm -hmm. And if the YouTube channel makes money and the comedy thing makes money... Boom. You know what I mean? And I could perm- and perform at RV shows because they had performers there. And I was like, how do you get to perform here? <laughs> you just put your hand up. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know if you want to do like a like a, um, a reality TV show is like the wrong way to put it. But like if, if your daughter is taking acting classes and doing all that other stuff mm-hmm. and you're taking acting classes and you're trying to become a comedian, mm-hmm. that whole like Milligan mission thing yeah. could become a really interesting thing. Well, we have a um, a jo- like a group uh, um, YouTube, Facebook like mm-hmm. for just our family. So yeah. like if we, cause like my youngest daughter, she keeps getting kicked off of YouTube or to TikTok. I mean, like yeah. uh, over and over because she's she's twelve and somehow even if she sets her profile at thirteen, they somehow find out that she's under thirteen <laughs> and kick her off boot her every single. Yeah, the Chinese are. She's had three, and she had like a couple of videos that like not went super viral or anything, yeah. but took off a little bit. You yeah. know what I mean? Like probably ten or fifteen thousand views or so, yeah. somewhere in there. And uh, and all that shit just goes away, man. And right. so, like, she works hard on it, and yeah. then they fucking delete her off it. So she's got, like, um, nine months or six months or whatever until she can just... Uh, she just turned 12. <laughs> so, oh, so she's got like, a Like, literally, like, uh, this, this month. Yeah. So, but uh, on our family account, she can post. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, like, like my wife has a video on the Facebook one. Mm-hmm. Which it's, like, her and our foreign exchange student and my oldest daughter jumping off a bridge in Key West. And, uh-huh. like, it's, like... You have a foreign Dude. exchange student? Yeah. Yeah, last year. He's the most fascinating. White people are so interesting. You, like, just, you was, just literally, like, like. Uh, the do you way have we, to have your own kids? Nope. Would it be just be weird for me to be like, hey, can I? No. No, a lot of, like, so. Okay, I can we, test it out. Maybe I do me, want okay. kids. <laughs> All right. Me and Raphael in the RV. Just, <laughs> just driving around. Yeah. So, you are Raphael. That's, that's a racist. hell of a movie. That's a hell of a movie. That's racist. I don't know. <laughs> you're, like, you're like, all right, you can come over and be a foreign exchange student, but you have to homeschool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to give you your comedy lessons. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's way easier than you think. Okay? So my, I don't know how I feel about it. My, my wife saw something on Facebook yeah. about like a foreign exchange organization locally mm-hmm. that needed host parents. Right? Oh. Just, saw it, just ra- randomly saw it on Facebook. Well, at the time, we weren't sure, you know yeah. what I mean? And so we signed up. We had to do, like, background checks and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. 
from the day that we said, okay, we're going to do it, there was a foreign exchange student in my house two weeks later. Jesus. Two weeks. And I had to go through my house and, like, film where her sleeping arrangements were going to be and, like, mm-hmm. all, of, like, the entire house, really, to make sure, like, it's not, like, a crack den on the other side of it, yeah. you know, yeah. like, that kind of that shit. But we never actually had a physical person come into our house and look at our house. That's crazy. Like, it was just like, all right, this is our house, you know. Where yeah. they, which and, country were they from? Uh, she was from Germany. She was from so they just Hamburg, send their Germany. kid. Yep. And right. they pay... Did you have that beard in here when they? No, so I had the hair for a while, yeah. but I started growing the beard while she was here, and um, uh, so uh, yes, we they paid us. It, like we didn't know it. We yeah. didn't yeah. even know it until she showed up. Yeah, like they never said a fucking word. Yeah, and then she gets here, and the next day they're like, "Hey, we need your bank account inf- information." And we're like, "No, you don't." <laughs> and, you know, like that's, and they're like, "No, we need to you you get a monthly allotment. It's like seven hundred fifty bucks a month." Oh wow! I swear to God, like, and the only <laughs> it's fucked up because yeah. there was a uh, people on our street that also had foreign exchange students. Yeah, and the only obligation that you have as a as a, a host family mm-hmm. is that you have to provide dinner. Mm-hmm. And a a healthy environment for them to sleep in. Just dinner. Just dinner. That's, so that's for it. breakfast and lunch, it's like, hey, you better go scavenge. In the wrong hands, that can be. That's so what I mean. Bad. We, so, yeah. So because you have a foreign exchange student, you hear about all the bullshit yeah. gossip stuff from yeah. all the other foreign exchange students, you know. And there's a lady on my street who had three foreign exchange students at one time. So she was banking. She was she lived by herself. Yeah. She had two other bedrooms. And two of the foreign exchange students were sharing one room, and then there, one of them had their own room, right? And all three of them hated this lady because she didn't fucking shop for like she. They would like, hey, can you buy these things from the store? And she'd be like, no. <laughs> and she's like, you're going to eat what I, what, what I want you to eat. I'll, I'll have dinner ready for you by this time, and if you don't like it, you can fucking figure it the fuck out. And didn't didn't give go. them rides anywhere, nothing. They had to figure everything out for themselves. It sucked. Like, our foreign exchange student, she yeah. fucking loved us. Like, we <laughs> drive her around everywhere. We yeah. take her on vacations. Like, she, yeah. we, she, we, she's, uh, she's like a child to me now. It's yeah. like, she's like, Is honestly. Is she still there? She, no, no. She, uh, she left uh, last June. So it's like a school year? Yeah, okay. although she ended up staying longer. She didn't want to leave. Mm-hmm. Like, she fucking loved it here. Yeah. I mean, uh, and, and like, as an adult, the hardest I've cried as an adult was sending her back to Germany. Really? I swear right. to God. Like, it was so tough. She fit our family so well. Made it to where we don't want to have other foreign exchange students because we knocked it out of the park the first time. <laughs> and now we're like, I don't know if I want to go through this yeah. again. Yeah. Like, you know, like Even it, the emotional aspect of it, but also like you might get a dud. You, know? yeah. <laughs> like, you might get Raphael. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're sending them over to your but uh, but yeah, it was it was wow. it was heartbreaking. We uh, we talked to her two or three times a week. You know, yeah. like still, we're gonna go to Germany in the summer, hopefully. Really? And, and yeah, because her, so both her parents are teachers, and they live in like northern Germany, Hamburg, Germany. Mm-hmm. And uh, her parents both came over while she was here, and like, yeah. her dad stayed with us. Her mom like got a beachside mm-hmm. hotel. <laughs> She's like, I'm going to Florida. I'm a fucking yeah. on the beach. <laughs> but. Uh, but yeah, so they came over and met us, and we 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 like them, get along really well. And but her dad has an apartment because her parents are separated. Mm-hmm. All right, her dad has an apartment in Hamburg, Germany, mm-hmm. and he dates like a Ukrainian lady who has her own apartment as well. And he's mm-hmm. like, "You can come stay in my apartment. It's a four bedroom. Like you stay, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll leave. You can st- you guys can stay with Greta here, and I'll go to my girlfriend's house, and mm-hmm. you can stay there as long." Was Greta Thunberg? Yeah, <laughs> I made that joke so many times. So you know. Like, like, as a comic, you, yeah. you never know how you, like, I, I didn't know this girl, you know? And I, like, 
honestly, when she came off the plane, I was expecting like later hose and shit like yeah. that. She looked just like one of my fucking kids, yeah. you know. I mean? She looked like every other yeah. teenager because she was the same. She was a little older than my oldest. Yeah. So my oldest is sixteen. I think she was fifteen when she got here. Greta was sixteen. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but I mean, I just fucked with her incessantly <laughs> as soon as she got like. So we have like these huge dog cages in our living room, like because yeah. because I have three big dogs, mm-hmm. and like when we leave, we can't leave them out because they'll tear everything up. So like we walk in our house, and the first thing I do is like point to the dog cage. I'm like, "Here's your room," <laughs> you know? just because she hasn't seen yeah. anything. She's just like, "What?" She doesn't know me. Or yeah. Anything. Uh, so yeah, I just like I would constantly make jokes with yeah. her. You know what I mean? She's also one of the reasons I became a stand-up though. Like yeah. because she she is the most outgoing kid I've ever met. Like mm-hmm. she if she likes something or, or like a purse or whatever, she walk up and be like doot, doot, doot. you know, like uh, hey I like this or I like that. You know, and yeah. she spoke English really well. She yeah. like she was just a really outgoing kid and mm-hmm. it made me go, man, like this kid's gonna she's gonna do great things. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it kind of motivated my kids too. Mm-hmm. Like they saw like how active and how motivated mm-hmm. this girl was, and they were like, "All right, I I think I need to." So she all around like helped us, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And then we in turn like showed her as much of the United States as we possibly could. We went all over the southeastern United States. We went yeah. up to Charleston, South Carolina, and uh, Nashville, and mm-hmm. we went down to the Keys and like all over Florida. Like yeah. showed her everything that we possibly can, like mm-hmm. within reason. We we actually had a New York trip planned, but it was yeah. like right when my wife got sick, uh, and so we had to cancel the whole. Thing. We had everything paid for. We we're gonna yeah. bring her with us. We we're gonna go to New York, yeah. and luckily when her dad came, he took her up to New York. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. she got she got that experience. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, it was it was the fucking best, man. Like I I can't. It's it's a weird situation too because I I can't say I recommend it for everybody because <laughs> yeah. like I said, like you, there's some kids that are assholes. Yeah. you're gonna you might get that kid. You know what yeah. I mean? But I wouldn't change it for the world. Like yeah. it was awesome. Like we yeah. had the best fucking time. And like I said, like I I, I basically gained another kid because of yeah. me, because <laughs> well, we talk like several times a week and I don't know. It's just yeah. amazing, man. That's really so, cool. And like I to. To know that, like, you, you touched a kid's life and not yeah. in a creepy yeah, not way, you know what I mean? But, but you know what I mean? Like, I'm going to cut out the word life. When yeah. you, <laughs> to know when you touched a kid. Yeah. I'll just, you, you don't even have to cut it out. I'll, just, I'll give it to you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you the job. <laughs> but, yeah, it was just a, it was a really fun experience. And, yeah. and uh, I got to take her to Halloween Horror Nights. Oh, yeah. And, like, uh, you know, like, they don't have anything. <laughs> they don't have theme parks, really. Yeah, like, right. I mean, like, they have, like, very small equivalents, like mm. with like small roller coasters and stuff yeah. like that. Or if you go to like France or mm-hmm. Tokyo, they have like yeah, like uh, what's it called, uh, Disney and shit, yeah. you know. But they don't have they don't like glorify horror like yeah. like America does. Yeah. You know what I mean? And well, I mean they did in the forties and whatever. Well, that's not different. Right. <laughs> that's <much> different. <laughs> Which even that was a whole conversation. I, anyway, I, I, I could I could literally tell you stories yeah. like for hours about this this whole situation. But taking her to Halloween Horror Nights was one of the best things because she's like. Like, we're building it up, you know, yeah. and then she gets there, and she's like, what the fuck is this? You know what I mean? Yeah. She had never been to a theme park like that, much yeah. less one that the just Halloween has, like, is, yeah. chainsaw-wielding mm-hmm. murderers yeah. running around at yeah. you and shit like that, you know? It was just, it was the best time. Yeah. And I remember her, at the end of it, she was just like, I, she took photos of it, and she... She also, like, she was pretty socially active on social media and stuff mm-hmm. like Instagram and TikTok and all that stuff. And she actually, just through being over here as a foreign exchange student, kind of got a bunch of followers because, yeah. like, there were other kids that were interested in being a foreign exchange yeah. student. And so she would post, like, hashtag foreign exchange student on all her shit or German mm-hmm. exchange student or whatever. And so, like, she got thousands of followers just posting shit like yeah. that of being mm-hmm. like, look what I'm doing in Florida. This shit's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it's cool. I don't know. 
I, I, like I said, I could talk about her all day. Yeah. I, like she's she's awesome, and I'm I'm happy to have had her. And yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it's cheesy. I know. This is like I said, I cried so this hard when she left, man. This is a very emotional episode today for I some know, reason. Man. It really has been. So does uh, Ash have anything to plug? Um, I'm doing a wing it show tomorrow at Nightshade Lounge. Okay. So they're going to pick topics out of a fishbowl and then you try to make a joke. So that's going to be terrible. <laughs> no, but it's going to be funny. Because I'm so scared of like doing stuff off the top of my head. So when they asked me, I was like, fine, I'll do it even though I don't want to. Yeah. That's that's a well, great strategy. To, yeah, to push, yeah. push yourself out of your comfort zone. And then I think I have a show on Saturday at, uh, what's the name of this place? It doesn't matter. Uh, oh, I have a showcase at Antiques. So I don't know. They, they used to do a mic on Wednesday at 11. Now they're doing showcases on Wednesday. Um, so I'm going to do that. And then a show on Friday. And then another show next Monday. Oh, wow. This week's busy. So, yeah. Um, the Are you doing the show at Kristen Warren? But you're doing it on Sunday, right? Um, which... Um, I guess it's like a Black History Month. No, I'm actually not on that one because okay. I did it last year. So they're trying to get all new people, which I need to actually. Oh, wait, that's this Sunday. I'm doing Monday, but I guess I don't know if there's Ew, one on boy. Sunday too. But I was supposed to reach out to her about the podcast. Anyway, I will figure that out. So yeah, that's what I got. Brian, you anything? Coming. Not really till like February. Like, I, January has been a dry month for me. Luckily, we're about to go into February. February so is that's, Wednesday. That's right. That's right. So <laughs> I have um, uh, Tuesday the 7th, I'm doing uh, uh, the Weenie Roast. Oh, me too. Er- Erla- yeah. Eric Erlacher. I was only going until next Monday, yeah. and then next Monday I was going to say Well, I don't yeah. have anything until then. And yeah. then, uh, well, I'm doing Moon Room tomorrow night. But, uh, and then the 8th, I'm doing Lizette's with Duncan. And then... Uh, the 18th, I'm doing that show Eugene, with you and, yeah. you, you and Eugene. All three of us, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah the three of us are on that one. And so. then uh, that's the one uh, L.A. Hardy is closing. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's going to be a great show. Yeah, I'm, I'm really... I've also never met Eugene, so... <laughs> you still haven't still met, never met him. I've talked to him on Facebook a bunch. You, know? never, you never, never met him. Oh, my God. Well, you never met you. This is hilarious. He, and I did, like, I've heard of him, so then he just randomly added me on Facebook, and I was just like, we've never met but it's cool. Like, I wasn't, like, weird because, you know, comedians add comedians all the time. And then it was, like, three weeks later, he asked me about the show. And I was like, okay, this makes sense now. That's hilarious. Um, yeah, well, like, I kind of, after your your episode, yeah. I just hit him up randomly. Yeah. and was like, hey, dude, like, I live in Palm Bay. If you need rise to shows, just let me yeah. know. You know? like, yeah. And then... Crickets. Well, no, he, he hit me up immediately. And was oh, like, okay. hey, thanks, man. Like, right. I'll... I'll you no, know. but I mean, like... But then, like, a week later, he's like, hey, man, I got this show. Yeah. Like, uh... He said that you recommended me. Yeah. He's like, uh, uh, Robinson recommended you, so I'm excited to see your five minutes. <laughs> I was like, fuck. I was like, don't get too excited, buddy. <laughs> uh, so at, what you actually reminded me of, uh, Wednesday, I am, Wednesday the 1st, I'm with Ken Miller in Daytona at the uh, at Beaches. Thank you, everybody. In Daytona, <laughs> tickets are ten bucks. It is at three hundred one East International Speedway in Daytona Beach. So that one's gonna be great. I have on the fourth. Um, I don't even know how public this show is, but it's uh, I'm gonna be in Barefoot Bay 
at their clubhouse, uh, co-headlining with Paul Jensen. And now that I'm just oh. thinking about this because I'm an idiot, I should invite Paul to do the podcast on Saturday and see if he wants to swing by. Um, what else do I got after that? Let's see here. Um, on the 8th of February, I'm going to be in, I guess that is Fort Lauderdale kind of area at the Arts Garage. That's going to be another cool one. Arts Garage is cool. Yeah. And then Friday the 10th, I'm hosting the Kava Bar Show for Jimmy. The 11th, I have a show with Alex Soto. All this stuff will be on my Instagram and Facebook. And then going all the way out to February 18th, the Twisted Birch in Rockledge with Brian and Eugene and L.A. Hardy. And Ash Cash. And Ash Cash. (laughs) And then, yeah, and then the rest of February. I got some more stuff, but I'll plug that stuff later. All right. Thank you guys so much. As always, this has been the Funny Style Podcast. That's right. (laughs) Good night. (laughs) 